The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. For so long, Bob Dylan is a flipping genius. Bob Dylan's a genius. I finally, finally, years after I started, I have finally got Bob Dylan. The man's a genius. He's a poet. He's a wordsmith. And you know what? He's a bloody good singer as well. He's Johnny Rotten 15 years before Johnny Rotten. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. For some reason, we've got over a thousand people watching us on Periscope. I don't know why. I can only apologise. This is Talk Radio. This is the late night alternative. Uh, For all the new listeners we've got today, up yours. Where were you for the last two years? For Christ's sakes, we've been sweating blood here, putting out gold. And so just for the new listeners tonight, uh, we're going to do a tepid, slightly bland show. How's about them apples? Um, Later on, I want to talk about Hawaii. How nuts, how nuts must that have been... To, we'll phone up someone in Hawaii. We'll just phone a random number in Hawaii and see how they're doing after 
uh, being told that they were um, going to um, uh, they were at the receiving end of some nuclear missiles. Can you believe that? But before that, this is slightly more important. I think no, it's 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 it's, it's hugely more important than anything that's happened in Hawaii or anywhere else around the world. Forget your racist. Um, um, UKIP members and forget all of that nonsense. The thing that's on everybody's lips is what the bloody hell was Mike Reed doing hosting an evening with Chevy Chase? Ah, huh? yeah. Um, I, I was at GMTV on Friday and Chevy Chase was there and he walked past me twice and it was a thrill. At the second time he walked past me, I was actually reading the website Why is Chevy Chase such an asshole? Um, so I didn't ask him for a picture because I didn't want to get shouted at by one of my heroes. But, 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 just being close to him was uh, was cool enough for me. Um, and the reason that he was over here was because um, there should be a fourth... There's a fifth person, I think. They're not answering. OK, fine, that's fair enough. The reason he was over here was he was doing a show. Uh, And there's been quite a few of these shows. An evening with Arnold Schwarzenegger. An evening with Sylvester Stallone. I don't know if they're put on by the same person. Uh, And this was an evening with Chevy Chase. It was at the Hammersmith Apollo in that there London. Uh, And I was kind of tempted to go, but it was my son's eighth birthday. So instead I went out for a Chinese meal with the family. And... and, um, I probably had better value for uh, my money. Because um, on Twitter, on Saturday night, um, I started reading, when I got back to to my flat, I started reading um, that the Chevy Chase evening hadn't gone exactly as planned. In fact, people were calling it an unmitigated disaster. Now, I love... Chevy Chase. Where's that buzz come from? Is that My your microphone, mic? I think. Okie dokie. There we go. That's why we had you sat over there, because that microphone buggers up everything. I remember now. Um, uh, so, uh, this whole Chevy Chase evening, the, the, on Twitter, and, and the, 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 people were saying it was a disaster. Now, Twitter can be a very cruel, harsh place, okay? So I never um, believe the first few negative tweets I read about something. Um, But it was just tweet after tweet after tweet, and I could not find one positive thing about it. Um, If you were there, 0344 499 1000. um, uh, I've managed to secure a few people who were there, um, and there's there's so many names we could dive into. We've got Michael, we've got Paul, and we've got you. And stay there, guys. I'll come to you in a second. I want to go to Mark Serby first. Uh, Mark, you may, may remember, came on the show a couple of months ago to talk about his excellent... Al Pacino book, what he had written. I say written. He basically just watched every Al Pacino film, and and then I'm, I'm guessing he went to Wikipedia. I don't know, but it's a great. <laughs> of course, he didn't. It's a great book, and I've got it, and uh, I flick through it from time to time, and I enjoy it. But Mark, you were there at an evening with Chevy Chase, weren't you? Uh, good evening, Ian. Yes, I was there. Yes, I was one of the two thousand that was in that audience and were completely stunned by what we were seeing. Now, first of all, let's 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 get into this slowly. Um, uh, how much how much were the tickets, and and when did you buy the tickets? Because I didn't know about this until I saw Chevy on Good Morning Britain on Friday. Okay. Uh, well, the tickets ranged from about one hundred and fifty pounds, I believe, excuse, which were the excuse me, what? 
£150. Those were the ones down the front, like the prime seats, and I believe you got a photograph with Chevy afterwards. Oh, OK, this is one picture. of those, you, you get a meet-and-greet type deal as well. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then I think it went to maybe £70 and 50 and 30 and then right at the back of Hammersmith, it was about £13. OK, well, that, that, and that, you know, thirty because Hammersmith Odeon, it's not that big. I've sat at the back at the top, um, and, and it's all right. You know, so for 13 quid, it's all right. And if you want to pay a few extra quid, you go and get a meet and greet. I, I like the meet and greets. I'm lucky enough I can afford a meet and greet, and I probably would have done one. And when did you know about this, this show, Mark? Um, I would say probably end of October, oh, something okay. like that. Okay. Um, they just put something out and went, an evening with Chevy Chase. Yeah. And I kind of thought, well, this is probably the one time he's going to do this in the UK. You know, yeah. this is the one time we're going to see a comedy legend like Chevy Chase here in the UK. So why not take this chance? And here's the thing. He is a legend. When I was at Good Morning Britain, there were, there were people sort of 35 and over, 30 and over, who were going, wow, Chevy Chase. And everyone under 30 is going, sorry, who is he? Um, and, it, and, you know, it's a generational thing. But like me, Mark, you'd have grown up watching the, uh, the National Lampoon's European Vacation. Uh, the, 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 you'd be hard-pushed to find a funnier and, indeed, a sexier film um, than that. I mean, Beverly D'Angelo in that is really is just, you know, hitting all of the, uh, the important points. Um, but, of course, Fletch, Fletch Lives, uh, more recently Community, which is a wonderful sitcom that um, Chevy excels in. So... Yeah, I can understand why people would uh, would want to go. Um, so it was at the Hammersmith Odeon. It was Saturday night. Um, I, I imagine there was a buzz of excitement in the air. I think there was. Yeah, there was. A, as you said, there was. A, it was a certain age demographic, maybe yeah. thirty over. Yeah. But everybody was excited to hear stories from this guy. You know, he's got an autobiography out, which came out about six or seven years ago. Yes. But you still want to hear the stories from the man. You want to hear the rude stories as well. We know he doesn't hold back. So that's what we want to hear. That's what we were there for. Bit of a boozer, bit of a druggie as well, if, I, if, if I'm right. Back in the day, all clean and sober yes. now. But also, you know, I, I said I was reading this website, why is Chevy Chase such an asshole? Um, famously, um, famously prickly, isn't he? Yeah, that seemed to be the word that was going around beforehand, was that he was a prickly interviewee, um, and it would be interesting to see how he came across on Saturday night, obviously. Um, you know, it, it could have gone one of either way with Chevy himself, but um, yeah, he seemed to be in good spirits. Nervous, yeah. but good spirits. Oh, really nervous. Isn't that funny? Um, he's in his 70s now. So what So what happened? You got How much did you, you, you spend on your, your seats, Mark? How much did you well, love Chevy? Well, we went for the £13 ones because we thought, you know, you know we're, we don't mind sitting at the yeah. back. It's no problem. And uh, we was like, yeah, fine. So we got there early, actually. And yeah. um, the woman there said to us, oh, I don't know if you uh, would like to sit elsewhere, but we've got a few seats at the back row on the fl- uh, downstairs. So we, so we thought, hey, we will upgrade ourselves here. Thank you very much. So, yeah, so we got some seats downstairs. Um, very nice view as well, got to say. Um and then the event started, yeah. and it went downhill from there, to be honest with you, Ian. I mean, the, before <sighs> Mike Reed even started to turn into Alan Partridge, there was um, sound issues. The microphones, well, the lapel microphones, didn't work Let's properly. get to the mics in a second, because I, I, I've been told I've, there, there, is a, there is a bootleg recording of it, which I've made Cass mm-hmm. sit through, um, and we've got some highlights that we might play in a bit, highlights. Um, but there was, there was, apparently people were surprised when it was announced that Mike Reed 
was going to be was going to be hosting it. Yeah, I think so. He's not the usual type you would have. You know, when I've been to these events before, you've had people like Emma Freud or Mark Kermode uh, interview these yeah. these types of big stars. You know, people who work in that same area, not just in the entertainment area, but new. Uh, all about the films, all about their history. So well, things just, like that. So really just, done their homework. You just imagine. I mean, I, I mean, what I could have done with with an evening with Chevy Chase or Danny Baker or Robin Ince or yeah. or someone or, or Commode, as you say, someone with a bit of movie knowledge. And is it true that that, that Mike Reed came out and said he was going to talk to Chevy Chase about his music? <laughs> um, yes, and I think we were all a little bit stunned, thinking, Chevy Chase has done music, yeah. nobody knows it. What? What's going on? Um, yeah, I mean, that was just one of the baffling subjects that we sat through. Music, ancestors, um, <laughs> hemorrhoids, um, drug abuse, um, uh, a, a student film he made when he was 19, all of these baffling things. Um, and yet, th- th- so the first 20 minutes as well, no one could hear anything because the microphones weren't working. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it was it was very poorly uh, sound uh, broadcast, really. Nobody could really hear everything. People were shouting, can you get new microphones? Eventually, somebody walks on stage with a new microphone for each of them. They then proceed to use those microphones. There's still feedback with oh, the microphones, man. so we still can't hear them properly. Um, however, it's better than previous. Um, and then we can start to hear Mike Reed. Um, well, I would say questions, but it really did feel like he had just looked at the guy's IMDb page on Wikipedia and plucked out the most obscure things possible, to be honest with you. He kept saying, uh, yes, I was in the foyer beforehand talking to the fans. And I was thinking, well, I was in the foyer beforehand having a drink. I didn't see you there. No, I would have happily talked. Now, listen, I've got to say, I've got a soft spot for Mike Reed because (laughs) he gave me my first ever pork pie. That is a true story. About uh, four years ago, uh, I was... (laughs) This is so partridge. I was at BBC Berkshire, and I'd just started eating meat after a long time of being a vegetarian, and Mike Reed popped his head round the the door and said, would you like a pork pie? And I went, I'd love one. And he gave me my first ever pork pie. So I've got a soft spot for Mike Reed, okay? And we did invite Mike onto the show, and uh, Mike has not responded, you know, so I don't want to make make this a complete battering of Mike Reed. You know, I, I defend him slightly, but... It does sound like a lot of this was was ineptitude on his part. Mark, stay there because I want to bring in um, you and Macintosh. You and, of course, uh, the star of the office uh, listens to the show regularly, tweets me um, abuse and all kinds of <laughs> manner of stuff. Um, you and you were there as well last night, weren't you? Yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, I was there. How much did you pay for a ticket? How much do you love Chevy? Well, I do love Chevy, and I had a, I had a friend who. Uh, sort of knew, vaguely knew the people organising it. Yeah. And he managed to get us uh, sort of tickets for £5 each <laughs> on the, you know, on the slide. Heck. <laughs> so no one... Uh, so Mark's got, Mark's got good seats for 13 quid. You've got a pair of tickets for a fiver. Who's getting money out of this? Um, I don't think there were, there were many uh, sort of cheap seats going, but we were, we were just quite lucky that uh, we had sort of a, a contact, as it were. And listen, because you know you are you're, you're an actor, and you've 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 you know been in one yeah. of one of Britain's biggest comedies. Um, the, the Chevy Chase is um, he's one of those people that makes it look so easy and so effortless, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, in the eighties, it's hard to think of a better comedy actor. I mean, he was just absolutely outstanding, and he had his own sort of style and his own 
very sort of deadpan, yeah. funny way. And, and some of his expressions were fantastic. And there were so many avenues Mike Reed could have gone down. And it was just, for me, it was just depressing. Because we were worried beforehand that, you know, Chevy would be a bit pretty. But Chevy was, you know, he was sort of honoured to be there. He was. He said he was. Wow. Like, he couldn't believe all these people had come out just to see him. And he was obviously on good form. But he's quite a dry man. Yeah. He's got very dry sense of humour. Mike Reed, unfortunately, is also a very dry man, but with no sense of humour. So where was the... There was no energy. Um, no energy to start with. And because you couldn't hear it and there was no energy. Yeah. Uh, and then when on top of that, these absurd, insane questions about tennis and did he read these comic books that Mike Reed also read when he was a child and asking him to sing a song for Three Amigos that he couldn't remember yeah. and saying, do you mind if we show you this student film, this film you made? And Tosa says, no, I don't want you to show it. I was 19, I made it with my roommate. And then he showed it anyway. Uh, and so he was sort of doing... The, his, it's like I couldn't believe Chevy Chase didn't walk off a lot earlier. Was there? Because listen, it's, it's interesting. Every, everyone has said that Chevy was up, was was up for it and was but yeah. was was waiting for the questions that would would get him to launch into the anecdotes. Um, uh, yeah. And he did tell a few good stories, didn't he? He talked about um, him and Martin Short and Steve Martin playing Scrabble and about how he turned down yeah. the lead role in Forrest Gump and and, and things like that. Um, yeah, he did, and then Mike Reese, of course, mentioned that he'd turned down Doctor Who, and you know they were kind of somehow on the same <laughs> level. There was also the brilliant line where um, M- Mike Reed talks about Chevy being a legend, and then yeah. says, "Now I'm a so leg- I'm a legend as well." Yeah, and he says, "When you're a legend, like uh, people like us, or something, yeah. doesn't he?" Yeah, it was sort of he, he broadened it after this. So you're a legend, and sort of you know the thing with legends is we uh, often. <laughs> You know, he kind of he changed it from Chevy to the two of them, uh, and it was a very strange uh, evening. And it was hot. It was the worst thing was there was so much love in that room at the beginning. Yeah. You got a standing ovation when you came out. I bet uh, people were just keen. People were up for it. Chevy was up for it. And the kindest thing I can say about Mike Reed is he either he misread the room badly, or he was uh, badly briefed, uh, but. He didn't seem to... The thing is, we learn a lot more about Mike Reed than Chevy. But Mike Reed is interested in history and tennis and music. So these are the things he's asking Chevy Chase about. And that's the thing that, Mark, that, um, that, that I got from reading Twitter, is that, that, that he that Mike Reed seemed um, intent on on asking stuff that he wanted to talk about yeah. as opposed to the fans. Is that what you got, Mark? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was clear that uh, somewhere along the line, he had read that Chevy Chase was uh, used to play tennis or still plays tennis. He goes, oh, well, I play tennis. But then the, he tries to form this discussion about tennis. Yeah. It doesn't work because Chevy Chase turns around and says, well, you know, I am 74 now. I don't play too much tennis. And he <laughs> says, oh, you used to play soccer. And he says, yes, yeah, I used to play soccer. And then Mike Reed says, was that English soccer? Oh, Jesus. As if something else. And then he launches into, oh, so if you played English soccer, do you support a team? And everybody's thinking, this is interesting, but we haven't heard anything about Saturday Night Live or National Lampoon or Fletch, and now we're talking about the fact that he watches Manchester United. Did you, and did, did, he, did he at any point say, tell us about how you got your break in SNL, or, or what was it like working on those National Lampoon movies? He sort of what he did was he he obviously he also had another weird idea that Chevy was a, sort of a writer at heart who'd sort of fallen into acting. Oh, and so he asked him about how he got his sort of first writing gigs at Mad Magazine, 
uh, and this sort of thing. And he said, well, you left Saturday Night Live because basically you were sort of a writer. And he, he was obsessed with the fact that Chevy was sort of a... I think he wanted Chevy to be a sort of a frustrated piano keyboard player. Right, right. And he was always asking these things about, he said, I can't believe it. Do you still play the piano? He couldn't believe that he still didn't play the piano. He goes, what do you... He was like, you met Paul Simon for that video. Did you ask, like, Paul Simon, should we write a song together? And Chevy was like, well, no. Why not, you know? You should be, you should be at home writing music. Um, so and you get, you get. Like, the... It was mad. I couldn't understand anything really. You get, sorry, if you, sorry, Kath, if you can just turn the volume up on those headphones, on that cable. Follow that cable there. That cable there. Sorry, <laughs> we've we've moved the studio around a little bit, so some things aren't in the right place. Sorry, so I'm just I was asking Kath and just turn there. There we go. Perfect. Um, yeah, but, but you you kind of imagine that Mike Reed wanted to start a band with him or something, as as he often does. Oh, definitely. He got his guitar. He got his guitar out to, to get him to sing this sort of My Buttercup song from Three Amigos that he clearly couldn't remember. And they were both sort of trying to find their way through this song. And Chevy sort of, after a couple of minutes, I think you meant to do a key change at that point. And Mike Reed had this sort of grin just sort of frozen on his face. We've got, we've got, listen, we've, ended up giving up. we've got some of the audio for the evening. Um, put your fingers in your ears if you're of a sensitive. This is, uh, this was, uh, well. Some comedians actually don't like it shouting catchphrases or things at them. Does that bother you? I mean, I'm a guy in the cinema, you've got the megaphone on him. When people do that, are you grateful that they know they love what you've done? Or do you think, oh, not again? Now, the, the audio's not great, but it's Mike Reed talking about catchphrases to Chevy Chase, and someone shouts out, Mike Reed, you're a twat, and the whole of the Hammersmith Odeon goes up uh, as, as one. Um, it, it, was that right? Let's go, because I want to try and get positives if I can. Ewan, we'll start with Ewan. We've got Paul and Michael as well who were there, and I'm going to speak to you in a bit, I promise. Ewan, was, was, was there any saving grace? For this, yeah, well, we, we saw Chevy Chase. We, um, he was on good form. He seemed, you know, like like uh, uh, Mark said, a little bit nervous, but he was on good form. He was in good spirits. He told a couple of uh, funny stories. He did a he did a very good gag, sort of a gag about uh, previously prepared questions that Mike Reed then trampled over. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, he did the old gag of I've got some questions from the audience, and he just sort of looked at the paper and then replied. Oh, Paul from Liverpool uh, looked at the question and then said, you know, something about, uh, oh, you won't go blind if you do it properly. Uh, Beautiful. You know, this sort of this gag. And then uh, my reason I'm going, do you, do you want to deal with those questions any any more? Oh, God. Uh, in any more detail? And Chevy Chase is... But, I mean, we've got to see Chevy Chase. That, what I'm saying is that is positive. <laughs> and Chevy... I think Chevy understood that something had gone slightly... I don't think he knew what had gone no. wrong. But he understood that there was a lot of love for him and he got a standing ovation at the beginning at the end and he clearly felt, knew that he was loved but didn't quite understand why this weird man was sat opposite him for the hour. Uh, so the, that was the positive. We, Chevy Chase was on good form, and uh, we, we kind of got to see him. Mark, I mean, you and said that the positive was you saw a man on stage, but but Mark, it, it, it sounds like it was kind of an empty experience. What, what, what did you get from it? Um, I think it probably was. Actually, coming away, I felt embarrassed and angry at the whole shebang, really, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it it was a case of, as you were saying, you know, Chevy Chase is a very prickly interviewee, and yet we came away thinking, 
actually, he was on top form. Yeah. Top, top form. Because he had to be. He had to take the reins from Mike Reed and had these stage jokes already done. And you kind of thought, if that would have been somebody else who would actually have interviewed him properly, he, we wouldn't have seen these jokes be pulled out of his pocket. So I think in that moment, we saw the classic Chevy Chase from Saturday Night Live. Just that brief two minutes, we saw real comedy yeah. because he had to do it yeah. because there was nobody else helping him. Um, that was, do you know, to be honest with you, that was it. You, I come away thinking, what did I learn from Chevy Chase? And the ultimate answer was I learned that um, he had some ancestors that were on the Mayflower and he plays <laughs> tennis <laughs> and he plays soccer. And that was it. I learned nothing about National Lampoon or Fletch or um, Saturday Night Live. Um, uh, Mark, Serby, you and Macintosh, thank you so much. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not that sorry. You guys didn't even pay anything for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm going to speak to some real punters in a minute who, who paid top dollar. Hey, listen, I really appreciate you coming on tonight, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks, thank Ian. You, Cheers, Ian. Cheers, Mark. Thank you very much. Um, let's go to... Um, if you were there, by the way, and if you had a great time, 0344 499 1000, uh, two people who are, uh, well, one is a, a friend of the show, Paul, and uh, another gentleman, Michael, who uh, I bumped into on Twitter. Um, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, Michael, let's, let's start with you. How much, well, how much did you pay, first of all? So, well, I'm Scottish, so I paid as little as humanly possible. So I was basically sitting in a roof tile. For the, for the majority of the show. <laughs> did anybody, did anybody pay good money for this show? Maybe that's why they sent out the B team. But, you know, the sound up there was actually not bad. It, say that again. The sound up, up there where I was sitting was actually... Oh, was it, it was OK, was it? You could hear, you could yeah. hear up there. Well, that's, that's the, these old theatres, you see. That's what they're designed for, darling. Um, what, did you, what did you make of it, Michael? D- 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 tell me what, what the experience was like for you. So, I'll, I'll be honest, I came down, I was a little apprehensive about the whole thing. I was fully expecting to be disappointed. Um, and it, but I, I simply I didn't expect my night to be monopolised and ruined by broadcaster Mike Reed. <laughs> so, to be fair, I found, I found it amazing. I had a great night. I did enjoy uh, um, reading, I think it was your tweets, basically just saying you had a, a wonderful, wonderful evening because it was just so bizarre and so surreal and so, you know, that Reed went full partridge and um, it was, it was yeah, delightful. Full partridge. Was, I didn't expect to see Ellen Partridge live, so it was brilliant for the money. What, was, it, was, it like that? was it like that for the whole show? It's you know it, the first indication that something wasn't right was as soon as the lights dimmed. To be honest, like a voice announced that the interviewer was was Mike Reed, and that was kind of went with a muted applause to start with. But we thought everybody, I think everybody thought, right, he's just the interviewer. Yeah, this isn't about him. It's about Chevy Chase. Here we go. And then Mike bounds on the stage like it's the Radio One Roadshow, and he's about to bring on Bucks Fizz or something, and he's shouting and he's echoing all over the shop about. Chevy Chase and how we're going to have a great night and like we're going to be talking about music and everyone's like what and that was the kind of odd atmosphere that began there and I, th- I thought for a brief moment you know I turned up at the wrong thing yeah like this was like this was a Q&A for like David Van Day or something but you know like, <laughs> let's see some of Chevy's highlights and he puts on what what I can I can only imagine is clips from YouTube that he's downloaded himself and put up there on this tiny screen Back. It looks like a portable telly from where I'm sitting, and it's like this is the sort of level 
that we start. When will people realise that if you if you nick clips off of YouTube and then put them on a big screen, it's all pixelated and nobody can see it? When will people learn that for crying out loud? I don't think they ever will learn it, Michael. I think is is the lesson there. Um, uh, and we we heard there the person shouting out uh, Mike Reed, you're a twat, which is perhaps a little harsh. But um, was was there any more of that? Because it, I, I've been in events not quite like that, but where it's not going well, and the tension in the audience is palpable. You can you can you can feel the vibes. Was was there that kind of vibe running through the audience? There was, and it was growing, and there had been some heckles you could hear throughout the entire night. In fact, the guy in front of me just had the he- his, he- his head in his hands for the last half an hour. Oh, he was just, like, refusing to look directly at the horror. <laughs> like, he was shielding himself from a nuclear blast or something. It was just a load of people had got up and left. It kind of You could feel the tension building and building. And when it came, kind of came to near the end, when Chevy was doing the sort of uh, joke questions that he had planted in the audience, yeah. Um, when Mike Reed completely trampled over it, like we said earlier, uh, the audience did not respond well to it. And I think, you know... And it wasn't wasn't a long evening, was it? It was only about 50 minutes or something, wasn't it? It felt a lot longer. (laughs) I think it was just, try sitting through that with just, just the growing cringe in your face. It was unreal. I um I like you, Michael. I know you've not listened before, but you're, p- pl- please call in whenever you want because your 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 commentary is wonderful. We should get you as a reporter for this Tim <laughs> station. Um, I'll take a job. Michael, stay there. Paul, Paul, uh, you, you, you were there. It, it, were there any redeeming features in this, Paul? Um, I think we were. We'll be able to establish a, a support group for everyone who went, <laughs> and we can talk. We can find a rooftop somewhere and all sit together and work out. Much like Vietnam veterans. You know, you guys weren't there, right? <laughs> you didn't. You, you just don't. It does. The, sound the, 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 aud- the audio is one thing, but but combine that with Chevy Chase's a, a man whose face is probably as funny as what he's ever done in his movies. Yeah. He he was utterly bemused at, for every single moment yeah. of of the of the evening. And and, and by the way, I'm, I'm clearly Mike Reed probably didn't read the room. He was probably the wrong type of um, moderator for this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but Chevy, Chevy did drop in some amazing nuggets of information, like he turned down Ghostbusters. Yeah, that was and impressive, and incredible, wasn't Mike, it? Mike, Mike, Mike Reed ignored it. Oh, yeah. he, he just, he, and, and he said, oh, you know, Peter Sellers asked me to work with him, and then Peter Sellers died. Um, but he didn't... He, he, there were things throughout that, that anyone with half a, a, a you know, a, a mind would would have kind of teased Tez, uh, che- Chevy on it. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I found it amazing. I mean, I, I, I lived, I've lived a life when Chevy Chase was asked what character from the Marvel, DC or Star Wars universes would he want to be? <laughs> you talk about but him not about... being able to read the room. I was looking at the pictures, especially the one with, him, with Mike Reed getting his guitar out. Chevy Chase could not have been further away from him on that extra sofa unless he'd crawled down the crack in the yeah. side of the sofa. Yeah. yeah. Was he not reading well, his body language? Well, there was a... I don't, you wouldn't see him here from the audio, but when the audio was so bad, Chevy couldn't actually hear what Mike Reed was saying oh, to God, him sorry. for the first half an hour. So we were in... We, I, I, by the way, my ticket cost about ten times what a, a rabbit hole ticket would cost, so okay. that gives you an oh, idea. You, 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 right, we've got someone who's finally paid... He's, he's paid... <laughs> contributed towards Chevy's first-class This flight. guy is entitled to complain. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. At last. But, but, uh, but, but the... Um, 
I, I, it's just, I, I, honestly, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it might be the worst money I've ever spent in my life, but also the best money. Because much like yeah. the people who say they were at the Sex Pistols' first gig, <laughs> and there's only about five million of those, yeah. um, I, there's only a couple of thousand of us. And that was why I was so confused, because it's the Hammersmith Apollo, yeah. or the event in Apollo Vita. And you think, surely it couldn't be so bad for such a big-scale event. Yeah. Like, with respect to, to smaller things, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But it was so big, and everyone was hyped, the bar was buzzing, and, and they were kind of, everyone getting the show's about to start. And then and Chevy Chase's questions about his movies lasted, like, the first three minutes. I was thinking, God, blimey, this is, well, I don't know what they're going to do when they, after they get to the, after the intermission. Well, well, the answer was there wasn't an intermission. And it was, um, it, was a bit, it was about it was 50 minutes, wasn't it? Oh, I'm sure they must have planned for more, but as soon as that heckle went out to Mike Reed, the shutters came down. What and, happened um, at the end? Because didn't he, shortly after that, Mike Reed just left the stage, I heard. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because the, the, um, so what Chevy had done is he, he it was clear, um, people maybe hadn't sort of hooked into this, but there was a guy asking questions from the audience that was a plant, I think, and Chevy had asked some of for some of those to be asked and he'd also done his own questions but yeah. there was there was clearly a format that Chevy was had, had, had obviously discussed with someone but I don't think they discussed it with Mike Reed yeah. and as soon as that heckle came in because um, three times as well Chevy was like you know what I, you know I'm, I'm so amazed that this many people come have come to see me uh, and he was blown away by it and, and I think it's the only time he's ever going to do anything like this yeah, I can't course. see him ever agreeing to it again but um, he, three or four times he said Oh yeah, well, um, if there's questions from the audience, can someone grab a mic and you know I'd, I'd be up for that. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be up for it. And um, Mike Reed just kept ignoring him, and he was just like looking at the watch, thinking, "Oh, get out! I've been heckled. I'm, I'm not standing. You don't get this at the radio on Roadshow Lime Regis." Oh. Um, and I'm off. And and you know the, the the sad part was Chevy was left on his own, and he just dropped the mic. And, well, actually, he dropped the mic on on the sofa, and it fell off. And uh, so Michael, Michael let me just uh, might go to Michael because I've seen I've seen that little that little vid, bit of video, Michael, of, of Chevy just stood there on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it sounds like it was a weird old ending to a weird old night. Yeah, it was, and it was it was weird that it was, once the heckle came in, you could see on Mike Reed's face like I'm not taking this anymore. <laughs> so he basically wrapped it up as quickly as possible, and then just left. He just bolted off the stage and left oh, Chevy Chase dear. there. So he was just taking the applause, and Chevy had, you know, he'd wanted to have a and a with the audience, yeah. but that had been ignored yeah. a couple of times and just not acknowledged by Mike Reed. I don't, I don't know what Mike Reed's been working with there, whether he's been told to avoid that, you know, to sort of legitimise people who have paid more to meet and greet Chevy Chase or what, yeah, yeah. but there, there was no way that they were going to facilitate the Q&A, so he just, he just left. Um, and the vibe, uh, Michael first, then Paul, and we, we, we'll have a break, and we've got Anna's called in who was there as well. The vibe as you were leaving, because you, you, you go to a gig, and you're right, in the bar, there's that energy, and people are excited, particularly if it's someone they've not seen before, you know, there's that energy. Um, and after a good gig, as you're leaving, there's kind of that energy and that camaraderie of a, sh- a wonderful shared experience. Michael first, what, what, what was the vibe like as you were all walking out? It was brilliant. <laughs> you had a whale of a time. Oh, I love it. I love it. Why, why was it brilliant? Everyone, everyone was just saying, what was that? That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, like, I've, I've been to a lot of gigs. I've been to a lot of different types of music and different types of gigs, and I've never seen that kind of uh, 
simultaneous disappointment yeah. and excitement on faces. Yeah. Paul, would you go along with that? Mm. Was it was it was it like a camaraderie at the end of it? Yeah, it was weird because it was quiet because everyone I don't think anyone was sure what to say to each other. But then a few people started because the guys in the row before me they left like with before twenty minutes before the end and there were people leaving wow. throughout and and, and, and but, but I think everyone's realised that we all thought the same thing but we were too British to say it immediately yeah, but then once yeah. the gloves once the gloves are off you're on the steps of the Apollo on the underground and I looked on Twitter and already it was just it was just all over it and, and I mean 2,000 people can't have got the wrong end of that stick no um, we all we all uh, we all sh- we all shared an experience uh, well listen guys um I, I wish I was there. I really do. Uh, Paul, lovely to talk to you. Uh, we've spoken before. Michael, we've never spoken before, Thank brother, you. but you'd be welcome any time, man. I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Paul. Cheers. Um, 0344-499-1000 is the uh, telephone number. Anna, stay there. We'll come to you in a bit. Anna was there. We won't talk about this all night. Um, if you were there, let us know. Mike, Mike Reed, if you're listening, you'd be more than welcome to come on, because I don't want this to be, you know, and I, and I did make a point of, I retweeted an, uh, uh, someone um, yesterday or Saturday night um, saying, look, I know Mike Reed. He's a good bloke. Maybe he just had a bad day. It happens to all of us. So, so I retweeted that, because, yeah, you're right, maybe. When people have paid up to a hundred odd quid for it, it's a little bit harder to justify a bad night, you know. But 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 we all have, you know, we all have evenings and, and shows that don't quite work out the way we wanted them to. Um, so oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Anna, stay there. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio, the late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. We're talking about the Chevy Chase Mike Reed gig. We're also talking about other stuff as well. Don't forget, you can call in about anything you want. Um, lots of new listeners today because it's kind of talk radio version eight point six or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, you can listen to us on DAB. You can download the Talk Radio app, and you can also listen to us online on talkradio.co.uk. Anna, you were at the Chevy Chase gig. Can I ask, did you actually pay for your tickets? Hi, Ian. Yes, I did. Well, I didn't. My boyfriend did, if that counts. How much? Can I ask how much you paid? <laughs> I think there were £30 each, but I did get a ridiculous upgrade for a legitimate reason, if I can go into that. Yeah, go on. Let's have your ridiculous... No, I just, no, I just lost a contact lens, so I asked to be if I could be a bit closer. If anybody wants to use that tip, they can take that for so, free. Hang on. So, hang, on hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. This is, <laughs> this is brilliant. I believe that, uh, Anna, that, that we would call this a life hack. So hang on, you. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, you I, made I, up I, a story about it. losing a contact lens. No, no, I actually had. Yeah, a all right, Anna. That day. I swear, you, I swear down. Anna, swear, you don't but, need but, to convince me. You don't need to convince <laughs> me. I'm on your side <laughs> already. <laughs> what was funny is they actually gave us the house seats, like these ridiculously good seats with amazing leg room, and there was three guys behind us, like built like brick shit houses, who had like no room, who were having to be crushed up against us. <laughs> why, why do you and need leg room if you're blind? I don't... Anyway, so you have really, really good <laughs> seats. You got upgraded because really you I was, lost I was made your up. contact lens. Uh, what did you make of the evening? I just feel like I've been in a surreal dream ever since I did that actually happen. I feel like it's going to go down in history like the Bill Grundy interview. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that people say, yeah, I was there when they weren't actually. So I can honestly say I was there. This is the this then, is what this is it this is the thing I, I was reading it and thinking oh man I wish I'd I wish I'd blown out my son's I mean, eighth birthday dinner and I'd I'd gone to see this. At what point did you start to think I don't think we're going to get the evening we were expecting? I think I think pretty much I think pretty 
much straight away. I mean, obviously the audio issues didn't didn't help. It was like they'd went to Maplin and got the cheapest mics possible. And the last thing I'd seen there, I think, it was Cape Bush, which was amazing, this grand yeah. scale. Oh, it's a great production. venue. It's a great venue because yeah, it's, it's big, venue. but it's not too big. But it's like they'd spend £50 on dressing the stage and there was absolutely no effort made, I don't think, to really make it an event. Like, my partner and I had seen Mel Brooks do his one-man show, which was much smaller scale but felt very much like a real production. This just felt like two guys sitting on the sofa having a chat, which... Which, which if, the conversation, amazing, if the conversation is captivating yeah. enough, then, exactly. you, then you, you, you forget that there's no set you do, you, and you, you, you kind of get sucked into it. But it, it just seems like it, it never really... It never really got started. And also, um, 50 minutes, just over 50 <laughs> minutes for yeah. an evening. That is, that's, that's, that's tight, isn't it? It felt like a lifetime. I, I think the, I spent the last 10 minutes, like, huddled in my boyfriend's shoulder. You know when you're, like, physically embarrassed for somebody? Yeah, when I do. Just Unfortunately, so I work with Catherine, yeah. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bless her. No, but, like, I felt, I did feel, sorry, I do feel bad about the, the witch hunt, but um, he is just trapped in the 1980s, and he, he has the interview technique of, like, well, a really listen, bad Well, listen, listen, you can't, you, I, you, I, you can't blame yeah. a guy for being stuck in the 1980s. No, uh, in, in defence no. of Mike Reed, it, it, it does sound like um, it was a hideous um, piece of miscasting on, on, on the part yeah. of the thing. I have, I've... I was speaking to a couple of sort of friends in TV about this, and I've heard rumours that that Mike Reed wasn't the first choice. That and right, I don't know okay. if one of the Joels, either Joel Lysett or Joel Domit, was up right. for it. This this is I don't know if this is true or not. This is just someone said, "Oh, I heard that such and such was up for it." Um, so I, I I do, you do wonder with these things. I, I imagine right that that to get a big star like that over, you got to fly him over first class. You've got to put them in a nice hotel and you've got to give them a big <laughs> amount of cash, right? Yeah, but then why'd you stick them with the wrong person? Well, no, this is the thing. Well, well, I'll tell you why, I think, and this is just me guessing. Um, you've got to make every penny count. You've got to make every mm. penny count. So that means no set. That means getting someone who's going to be a bit cheaper, perhaps, to do the interview. And also, again, I don't know how true this is, but when I was at Good Morning Britain on Friday and I said, whoa... You've got Chevy Chase coming in, and, and uh, one of the presenters said to me, yeah, ticket sales are really bad, um, so this is why he's coming on to try and flog it. So I don't know how true that is. Um, uh, uh, but I I hadn't heard that it was happening, you know, and I like to think I've got my finger on, on something, someone's it, pulse. I, I get that the cost <laughs> thing might have been a consideration. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. But I also think people like Kermo, there'll be people falling over themselves for the chance to interview Chevy Chase because it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You know what he's like. Yeah, again, I get the feeling that... Um, and again, I don't know. This is purely conjecture. We've invited Mike Reed on. We invited the producer on, right? I get the feeling it was um, kind of a mate's rates kind of thing. Possibly, yeah. Um, I wonder, can oh. you see, who did put on the evening with Sylvester Stallone and the evening with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, if it's the same the same person? Because those are very successful evenings, um, but sound like they follow a similar kind of thread to this, a similar kind of thing to... I've seen, I've just seen who you are, Anna, because I've just seen you on Twitter. <laughs> you you oh. got your picture taken with Ewan, didn't you? Oh, well, yeah, that's another fun, that's a funny story. It's probably the highlight, to be honest. We, yeah, my, my partner, I Chat, was chatting with um, Ewan and Mark Dolan at the end about the debacle and just generally about comedy and Chevy and the yeah. fact that they didn't mention SNL at all and he is wow. the king of SNL. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it wasn't it wasn't even brushed upon. I don't think. I think there was a few little mentions to John Belushi, and but absolutely nothing about the the, the SNL. I don't know um, crowd at that time. He just missed a massive opportunity Which because he's kind of cheated as a fan. Yeah, because as a, as a fan, I guess, and you've grown up. I don't know. I was you know eighties child, I suppose. You you see it as part of your childhood. You've missed out. I don't feel like I've learned anything new about Kevin James. Apart from that, he is incredibly good at comic timing. It's like... He did a great line. He did a great line. I've got it, but the audio's not (laughs) clear enough to hear it, where Mike Reed says, um, have you got any advice for young people that might be be dealing with, might be, you know, doing drugs? And Yeah, dip dip your finger in and taste it first. What a great (laughs) line. What a great line. Dip your finger in and taste it first. I mean, it's naughty. It's it's wicked. What a great line. And it just you just think if he'd been given the chance to throw out a few more of those lines, we would all be going, oh, my God, we missed Chevy Chase. And it, it was a wonderful, you know, two hours of stories and anecdotes. And we learned why he fell out with Bill Murray and <laughs> what it was like to work with, with um, you know, John Ballou. And, and instead, we, you know, we're, we're, we're scrabbling around for crumbs, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, I, it, it, yeah. I mean, he was incredibly charming, though, and incredibly yeah. patient. Like, I, I mean, he, he didn't seem frustrated at all. I mean, there was a, certainly towards the end, you could see him kind of thinking, "I don't understand the relevance of this question whatsoever," and he had a slight amount of contempt. But he was turning it around, you know, trying to be quippy, and which he, which obviously he is. Um, I think he did incredibly well. I was expecting him to thrash him with the microphone at I've one point. I've got someone texting in saying they were flogging two-for-one tickets at the end of last week and they also moved people from the cheap seats to fill up empty rows in the stalls. Well, d- d- dear me. texter, we got, we got Anna who pretended she was blind so she could get moved no, up. Anna, listen, thanks for calling in and, and um, well done for being a very special evening. <laughs> yeah, I feel honoured. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's go to Mark. Mark was there. Mark, what did you make of it? Um, well, um, the bits I was awake for, I just oh. cringed through. Oh, God. Oh, God. It was It was only 50 minutes long. You can't fall asleep that quickly, can you? Well, it was me 50th, and I'd been at Stamford Bridge watching the football, and we decided to just go in the last minute because tickets were only a tenner. Oh, no. Um, and uh, so we, were, we, were, we had had a good drink beforehand, so we I, you know, chose to sleep through the first bit. Did you then... actually fall asleep in it? Uh, about five minutes in when I realised what a car crash it was. Oh, legend. Mark, everyone that went there is a legend. But I woke, I woke up when uh, Mike Reed got his guitar out, um, and that was quite a good... I thought I'd woken up and I was watching Alan Partridge. Yeah, this is the this is the thing, uh, you know, and again, I don't want to make this an attack on Mike Reed because Mike Reed is very good at what he does. And perhaps him interviewing, you know, a, 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 a star of, of movies in the set, predominantly in the 70s and 80s, that's not what he should have been doing. They should have got a commode or a, or a baker or, or an ints or a Lee or so, should have got someone in that knew what they were talking about. Go Looking on. at the events that this guy's put on before, you're right. He's also done it's uh, the same fella. Yeah, it is, and also he's doing one with Jane Fonda, and that's going to be you know he spent the money before. Yeah, Gra- yeah, yeah. Graham Norton's going to do one. Right. Well, he knows what he's doing, this fella, because yeah. he puts on good nights. Yeah. Um, why, just... why, why wasn't Mike Reed um, more more sort of uh, rehearsed then? Well, this this is the this is the thing, Mark. This is what I can't quite get my head around, and I do wonder, benefit of the doubt, maybe someone dropped out. I, I, you know, maybe these things happen because it, it, it what, what, was there was there any redeeming part of it, Mark? Apart from the fact you had a good kip. 
Uh, yeah, when, when someone uh, said in response to a favourite Monty Python line, when the bloke shouted out, Mike Reed, you're a twat, that was the best time in comedy of the whole evening. It was the biggest laugh as well. Oh, mate. Well, happy 50th, Mark. Cheers. I'm, I'm glad you had a good night. Thank you, mate. Um... Looking at the advert for the Chevy Chase thing yeah. on this guy's um, events website, yeah. there's no mention of who the no. Um, presenter is. No. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? It's yeah. really interesting. Well, it sounds like everyone that went... So 50 minutes, though, that's the thing that gets me right. If people are, are, are spending a tenner, or if they're spending 150 quid, 50 minutes is is not good value for money. When we do the, the live, the, the rabbit hole... Uh, we do, I always feel bad if we do two halves that are 45 minutes each. I, I always feel that we're, we, we, we're ripping people off a little bit if we can't take it to two full hours yeah. with an interval as well. And when I did the Ian Lee versus, versus radio show, if, if any of the halves went under 45 minutes... I feel a little bit. Oh, yeah, I've but we charge nothing like 150. No, quid. we charge a tenner. We generally, we generally, we, wherever we go, we try and charge a tenner. Sometimes it's a little bit more because of just the way these things work. But we try and charge a tenner. And yeah, I, I think if 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 we're given less than two hours with an interval as well. I feel that we've we've been a little bit dodgy bodsky. Also, something as once in a lifetime as a Chevy Chase interview. Yeah. Yep. Come on, you can do more than fifty hey, minutes, yeah, please. Yeah, 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 what a fascinating yeah. man he is! He's what seen everything. We, what, by the way, what what we could have done with Chevy Chase, we ain't got him. But what we could have done, I'll tell you some guests we got coming up soon. We got some great guests. Ed, you were there. What did you make of it? Uh, I'll tell you what. It was uh, it was gloriously terrible, um, and I, I, I wouldn't change a minute of it. I honestly wouldn't. Really? You mean yeah. that? You must have paid yeah. a tenner as well. No, no, I'll tell you what, it was, um, well, my stepsister's husband, right, had paid full whack for these tickets, 65 quid each, and he was trying to palm them off on me, like, full price. And I was like, I don't know about that, because, like, it's just going to be Chevy, like, phoning in a night of, like, sort of tossed-off anecdotes, and it's only going to last, like, 45 minutes. And then he was getting a bit desperate, so last week he gave them to me, like, two for one, right? (laughs) So, so, although, actually, my friend I went with hasn't paid me back yet, so at the moment, yeah, I've uh, I've shelled out 65 quid. But, but yeah, it's like... I, I, I went along expecting it to be kind of mediocre, yeah. you know, and, and thought, well, well, you know, for like a 30 quid night out, fine, you know, yeah. why not? Yeah. But actually, I'd much rather it was as it was because yeah. it was so bad and so much fun to tell people about this morning as well when yeah. I got back to work. It was great. Well, Twitter, Twitter has been a joy to read. You know, everybody has said what you're saying, Ed. And this is the weird thing, right? Is uh, for those of us that weren't there, we can only imagine because I, I, you know, I've been to bad, bad gigs and come out and gone, oh, that gig was crap. And I've seen people, but you're right. Everybody seems to have embraced the fact that it was, it was so, it was so partridge. It was so awkward, um, and, yeah. and that sort of made the night for a lot of people. Yeah, there was there was such a lovely feeling of camaraderie when we all came out. You know, because yeah. you know what, I've seen I've seen like a couple of people on Twitter saying they want a refund, right? But there was no one outside complaining or saying, I want my money back. Everyone was just looking at each other wide-eyed. And there was just this wonderful feeling of, of togetherness. You know what I mean? Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? <laughs> exactly right. Um, it's, you know, it's ironic that the, the author of the UKIP Calypso managed to bring so many people together. <laughs> just, to, just 
just thinking, just thinking how we can harness it. Who should we get him to interview next? <laughs> oh, 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 let's get him to do a night with Bill Murray or, or something. Oh, my God. Um, let's get, let's get, how about, let's get Daniel Day-Lewis and get Bruno Brooks to interview him. How about that? <laughs> It sounds like a night. I'm there. Thank you very much. 03444991000. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. CO85275, Subterranean Homesick Blues, number 10, take one. Mixing up the medicine, I'm on the pavement looking about the government. A man in a trench coat, badge out, laid off. Says he's got a bad bill, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid, it's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway looking for a new friend. Man in a coon skin cap in a pig pen wants $11 bills and you only got 10. Talking at the heat, put plants in the bed, but the phone's tapped anyway. Maggie says the many say they must bust in early May. Orders from the DA. Look out, kid. It don't matter what you did. But walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows. Better stay away from those that care around a fire hose. Keep a clean nose. Be careful of the plain clothes. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. song, Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan. I've heard that a million times. We've all heard it a million times. That's a slightly different version. Um, that's on the, uh, the the Bootleg series, Volume 2. I think. Um, <clears throat> but it's only today I listened to that and I thought, flipping it. This, this, is, this is genius. This is genius poetry. Not one word in that song is wasted. Every single syllable is used, is squeezed to get its maximum potential. That last verse, it, 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 it does, 
life. <laughs> the whole journey of life in that last verse. Get born, stay warm. It's incredible. And then it's packed with jokes. The pump don't work because the vandals took the handles. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. It is... Ha- listening to that now. Goosebumps. I've got Dylan. I've got... Hallelujah, brothers. I've got... Dylan and man alive, I'm so glad I persevered. I'm so glad I made the effort because he is flipping brilliant. And here's another thing. I think he's a really good singer as well. I like his voice. You listen to some of those songs, he's he's sneering like Johnny Rotten 15 years before Johnny Rotten started a sneering. It's wonderful. Yeah, sure, he hits a few bum notes. Well, so what? It doesn't matter. And I'm slowly... Turning you on to Bob Dylan, aren't I, Kath? Well, Slowly. yeah, OK, yeah. Slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, every time, because I've, I've worked at Dylan for ye- for years. Ever since I was a kid, I've worked at Dylan and not got it, then gone away and then come back a few years later and thought, well, maybe now I can get it. No, no, no. And this time I've got it. And I found the key. The key was, was uh, through Blind Willie McTell. Uh, you turn, um, you turn uh, left through uh, If You See Her, Say Hello. These are all the unreleased versions, by the way, just to make it more complicated. Um, but I, I, I get it. And I'm, boy, oh boy, how exciting to know that I've got... I, I, I've just started on the journey of not only one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest back catalogues there is. And there's that wonderful... I can't wait to listen to it. See, I can't remember if it's the Royal Albert Hall or the Royal Tra- Free Trade Hall in Manchester. The, the famous where he, 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 he does the first half acoustic, second half electric, and um, someone shouts out, Judas! And uh, he turns to the audience and says, what does he say? Um, uh, what, does, uh, what does he say after... Judas! I don't know what you mean, man. Something like that. I don't know what you mean, man. Then he turns round to uh, Robbie Robertson of the band and says, play it effing loud. And you think, man alive, in 1966, you know, a, 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 a pop star who was not afraid to uh, to travel the world knowing he was going to get booed. And when he got booed, instead of shrugging his shoulders, instead of apologising, instead of unstrapping the electric guitar, he turns round to his backup band and says, Play it effing loud. That was it, Judas. I don't believe you. That's what he says. I don't believe you. Play it effing loud. Oh, man. I am really enjoying this Dylan trip, and I'm afraid, guys, you're going to be having some of it as well. Uh, This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. My name is Ian Lee. Uh, Catherine Boyle is my producer. She's now sat to my right. Word. Which confuses things, but we've got new cameras in the studio, so the periscope is moved over there. You can watch us live by going to periscope.tv slash Ian Lee, and uh, you can watch us there. And um, uh, someone's just periscoped their shit story. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, I should warn you, periscope is is like the Wild West. Um, but instead of cowboys and Injuns, it's full of assholes. Um, uh, you can call it about anything you want. I really want to talk about um, uh, this thing that happened in Hawaii. Do you hear about this? Yeah. So everybody, uh, I, I've only read briefly on it, right? But there was there was someone I read an account and it was someone saying they were loading the groceries into um, the back of their car on, uh, uh, in Hawaii, and their phone beeped to say a message came through, and as they reached for their phone, they turned around, turned around and saw everybody in the car park looking at their phones, 
looking at the person next to them and diving for their cars. And the the message said something like, um, the, the, we are about to, to uh, be hit by a, a, a ballistic missile strike. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. And it took, I think, about 30 minutes before people were told... It was a drill and it, we screwed up and we're really, really sorry. And what's interesting is, um, had that happened under Obama or Clinton or even the Bushes, there might have been... People would have still taken it seriously, but there would probably have been a little bit more scepticism, a little bit more, um, can this be... But living under Trump, it it, it, it seems like... Oh, shit, we're going to get nuked. OK, guys, you know, it just... You, you, that, that kind of thought process of, is this real, is slightly bypassed. Um, i tell you what we'll do. It, but listen, if we've got anyone listening in Hawaii, congratulations, well done, you, you win life. Uh, but give us a call. Um, what we'll do is we will, um, we'll, we'll call a number randomly in Hawaii and see if we can get someone. Sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't work, but it would be really nice if we could just speak to someone and say, hey, man, how's it going? Um, we, I feel your pain as someone who spent most of my, my uh, teenage years in the 80s uh, fearful that the nuclear bomb was going to come. I feel the Hawaiians' pain. 0344 499 is the phone number. Let's go to Dan. Good evening, Dan. Hey, Ian. How's it going? I'm good, thanks, mate. What you got for us? I was at the Chevy Chase gig. Oh, well, now, were you really at the Chevy Chase gig, or are you one yeah. of these bandwagon jumpers, Dan? No, I, I wrote the article on flickeringmyth.com, which you kindly read. Oh, Dan, you wrote beautifully about it. Absolutely beautifully about it. Give us give us the link again, so people... In fact, if you tweet me again, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll retweet it. Yeah, it's on the top of your tweet. It's flickeringmyth.com, and I, um, I had to expel... I had to get it out of myself like a demon. It was uh, like an evil dead, uh, you know, sort of conjuring. I had to get it out. I had to get it out. So what was um, it? Let, let me, can I ask? And I, I didn't, wouldn't normally ask. How old are you, Dan? I am 40. Oh, OK, 40. All right, so we are, you've got a very young voice. A very you? young man. I was going to say 28. But, uh, <laughs> OK, we are of a similar age. I'm slightly older. Okay. But, but uh, you know, so I, I'm guessing that Chevy Chase meant a similar thing to you that he means to me. You know, that good... Funny yes. movies as, I, as a kid. Well, I, I'm a scriptwriter, and I'm Chevy's one of the reasons I'm actually doing this. You know, I grew up on Fletch and Caddyshack and Foul Play. And... Oh, Caddyshack! What a movie! Exactly. I, I, I tell you what, me... I like as well that, that often gets overlooked. It's a little bit too long. Cops and Robinsons. Yes, that's a great movie. And uh, you know, like um, and Funny Farm, which Chevy kind of mentioned actually on the stage was his favourite, but obviously Mike. Wasn't interested. He wanted more <laughs> tennis questions and wanted to talk about right. 1620s ancestors and the Mayflower. Um, but yeah, so I'm, you know, I was there seeing my hero. And as I said in my my article, I was. We all know what Chevy's like. It's no secret that he is, you know, a prickly interview. Um, and um, I've just found I've just found your um, tweet, so I'm just going to retweet it. If, if anyone wants excellent. to read, um, I'm just going to do a link to it. So if anyone wants to read uh, Dan's account. I'm going to treat it now. You carry on. Go on, mate. Yeah, so I, my concern was that, you know, Cherry was going to be the problem, not the host. But at that point, we didn't know who the host was. Like you said earlier, these other events had been advertised with Jonathan Ross or Graham Norton and Piers Morgan. And funny enough, a friend of mine, when we were going in, going, oh, God, I hope it's not Piers Morgan. And within about 20 minutes, we were praying for Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> when you're praying for Piers Morgan, you know there's a problem. Yes. Um... 
And, yeah, it was like a bizarre performance piece. It really was strange. I mean, we gave Mike um, some leniency in the first 10, 15 minutes because of the, the sound issues. Um, but then once the sound was sorted, we realised that wasn't a problem and we were wishing the mics were turned off again. Did you pay any money for this, Dan? Because we're struggling to find people that pay top dollar. We, I paid uh, a friend of mine and myself. We paid uh, uh, twenty about twenty three pounds each. And did you um, get moved up? Did you get moved up to good seats? Yeah, this is a weird thing. When we were booking, we booked in like November time because I, I followed Chevy on um, on Facebook and stuff, so that popped up. Yeah. I saw it about November. We booked tickets early, but when we booked, I was, like, I was quite surprised. It looked like tickets were selling out on the little map that you get. Yeah. Um, so like, oh, shit, we better, we better, you know, book them quickly. Um, but then once we got there, up in the nosebleeds, there was nobody there and no moving us down. Um, so we were thinking, oh, this is great, we're getting an upgrade. But yeah. we realised it was the equivalent of being moved to the passenger seat of a minibus without a break. <laughs> um, and um, literally, like, as you've heard, because I'm friends with you and, and, and seeing you in there, I thought maybe you'd be getting, like, you know, Brent flashbacks when he got the guitar right. Yeah. But, um, it, like, literally, like all the other guys have said, as soon as they said Mike Reed, you heard a sort of 2,000 people say, huh? Um, and Do you know what? Then... I'm getting angry because I don't... And I don't want to make this into an attack on Mike Reed because he's good at what he does. <laughs> but how how can you screw this up? How can you screw up? Chevy, Chevy, hey, Chevy, it's great to meet you. Um, t- t- how did you get into Saturday Night Live? What was that like? Boom. There's your first 20 minutes of questions. What was And John Belushi, what was he really like? Exactly. Boom, there's well, another the problem, 10 minutes. Like, it, it's a very difficult thing to, to like you say, it's a very difficult thing to mess up. And somehow he managed it. Um, you know, like he'd say Danny and, we, and everyone in the audience though he means Aykroyd and apart from Mike Reed uh, and like he'd say John and we know he means Belushi uh, or Martin, he means Martin Short. But Mike Reed didn't seem to know this. He seemed to be the only person in, in, in the room that didn't know Chevy's, um, Chevy's back catalogue. He didn't ask him anything about the, like, the community kind of stuff that was going on at the time. He didn't ask him about National Lampoon. He asked him if he read the Little Abner comic books from the 1950s. So that's what we all wanted to know. Have you read the Little Abner comic books? It was insanity. Right, that, really the question, insanity. question three, that National Lampoon, did you realise, they? what was it like working on those? And did you, yeah. did you realise it could take off? There's another 15 minutes you've got. I saw you, that's all yeah. you've got to do. That's it. Exactly. Or, no, or you go on with a list of names. So I'm just going to I'm just going to read out some names of people that you've worked with. Um, just let us know. Martin Short, Steve Martin, uh, yeah. uh, John Belushi, uh, d- d- Dan Aykroyd. You, you just mm. read out a list of names and you get the stories. The crazy thing is, on Twitter, they actually asked a day or two before if there was any questions to to ask on the night. Yeah. And I've, um, being a fan of Chevy like you are, I read years and years ago that he and Eric Idle were writing National Lampoon's Australian Vacation. So I went on, uh, I asked um, this question, and Eric Idle saw it and chimed in on Twitter. Really? Yeah, started talking about it. So you've got Eric Idle offering up information. So they would have seen that question, and they didn't ask it. (laughs) man. Um, and they didn't, like I say, didn't ask anything about John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, or, you know, didn't ask Beverly D'Angelo, nothing. It was crazy. You know, it was so, so bizarre. But like like the other guys have said, uh, sometimes bizarre is better than bland. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, 
Well, there you um, go, man. It's um, it's yeah. it, it sounds like yeah. I mean, I think Paul, one of our earlier contributors, joked about setting up a, a, a survivors group. But um... well, we went yeah, we went to the pub up the road afterwards, and then me and my friends were trying. We were all as if we were trying to um, sort of crack the conundrum and countdown. We all had a look on our faces like we we're kind of trying trying to sort of like ascertain what we'd just seen. And these people of opposite us saw us and came over and they said, "Have you?" just been to the Mike Reed Chevy Chase thing. And we went, yeah. And they sat down with us and we had drinks and we went through it. It's like we met some old buddies from Nam. It's, it's, like, um, it's like someone coming going, did, did he touch you too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Show us on the Clark Show... Riddle doll where they touched you. Um, <laughs> oh, man. The, the, other, the craziest thing, which you can't really put into words, and uh, uh, it, it was a very strange moment, but Chevy, like, like the guys have sort of alluded to, Chevy had clearly set up a gag with a plant in the audience he was going to pretend to be a member of the audience asking some questions. And he was obviously had some funny answers yeah. prepared. But Mike went, like, cheeky. I like, couldn't, couldn't keep it in, like, like he's given a kid a Christmas present. It was like, next up, a crazy guy is going to ask a really off-the-wall question, you know. Oh. And like, yeah, and it was just horrible. The thing, here's your Christmas present. It's a BMX. Um, <laughs> and, and Chevy's like, oh, God. And then the guy stood up and asked the question and didn't have a mic, so it was completely bulldozed. Um, here's the thing then... about... Here's the thing. I've done, I've done evenings, and, and Q&As are, uh, where you take questions from the audience. They're a uh-huh. flipping nightmare. They're a mm. nightmare because you've got to, you've got to spot the person, and then someone's got to get to them with the microphone. Yeah, and and you know, but generally people don't hold the microphone in the right place. They'll, they'll hold it too low, so you still can't be heard. Or they'll yeah. they'll 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 hold the microphone, they won't let go of it, and they'll keep talking. And it, it, it's a really tough thing to do, particularly in sure. in a, in a two thousand seater venue. So I can. You know, I'm really trying to be generous here. I, I, you know, but <laughs> if, if they were plants and they were comedy questions that he had set up, then let the man do his shtick for crying out loud. That's what the, yeah, yeah. So the funny thing, I know you, you had mentioned that maybe he was a last minute um, substitute for someone, but I don't think so because he had a page dedicated to him in the program. Oh, God, really? And, 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 his, and his surname spelt three different ways in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, alive. Dan, listen, um, the, 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 thank you for that. It's a cracking read. I've just retweeted it. Stalled is no a great worries, movie dude. as well, so thank you for those. Oh, uh, cheers. Thank you. No, thank you, man. And uh, listen, keep in touch. Yeah, we'll do. Thank, thank you, Dan. Um... Cheers. There we go. He's um, one of the people behind this um, uh, very funny movie called Stalled, which they sent me ages ago, and I never got around to mentioning on air, but it's a good film. Um, 0344. Four nine nine one thousand. Stephen, Jonathan, Alan, stay there. We will come to you in a bit. My name is Ian Lee. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. I'm on the right stuff tomorrow with Matthew Wright. Mm. You know that guy's name? You heard that guy's name before? I have heard that guy's Matthew name before. Matthew Wright. Now, there's controversy around Matthew Wright's show. I didn't show you that clip. Um, because he gets a it's, it's a... it's a magazine show. It's a good show. I like Matthew. I've not seen him for years, but he's always been very kind to me. I like Matthew a lot. Um, uh, he's very enthusiastic. And... Um, but he, it's, a, it's a live TV show on Channel 5, and he gets callers... People phone in to talk about the, the issues of the day. And I'm their star guest. Oh. So imagine that, me, me. Was and, Mike Reed not available? <laughs> but it gets callers. And he's recently had um, 
this guy phoning up. Now, apparently, the, 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 someone told me there might be some backstory to this, so I'm not in any way making light of what's going on. But this guy will phone up to talk about smacking children, right? So we've got, we've got Steve on the line. Steve, you want to t- what's your views on smacking children? Well, yeah, Matthew, um, I don't think it's right that we should smack children. I think it's right that we should ban it. But were you smacked as a child? Yeah, I was smacked as a child. Never did me any harm. And also, I want to say that Stephanie, whatever her name is, is a slag. Wow. Or a bitch. Maybe because you're a bitch. Either way, not very nice. Not very nice. Right. And there's the clip that's doing the rounds is this guy phoning up and Matthew going, right, that, right, no, we're not having that. OK, let, 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 let's, go to, let's go to Tony. Tony's uh, in, uh, in Birmingham. Tony, what, what would you like to say about smacking children? Y- yeah, I think that it's uh, wrong. And I, I think that she... And it's the same fella and he says the same thing. Now, what Matthew does is he handles it very, very badly. As, 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 speaking as someone who's had prank calls that are annoying... The more frustration and the more anger you show, the more not only that person's going to do it, but everyone watching, it loads of people go, yeah. oh, he's getting really well. I wonder if I could get a reaction out of him. Because it's about subversion. So every, is that in, you remember that India clip we played? Yeah. The Australian quiz? Yeah. It's such a wonderful clip. I wonder if I... I wonder if it's I like, it. remember when you used to get a supply teacher and you just yeah. needle... And needle until they exploded. Yeah. So what it is, it's that same thing of just pushing it that bit further. Let me play you this clip, right? This is what it is. This is what it is, the modern equivalent of it. And I, I want to have a word with Matthew and say, look, Matthew, you've just got to play it down, dude. Because the, the, anyway, so th- this is such a great clip. I won't play all of it because it goes on for ages. This is a phone-in, a radio phone-in show in Australia. And it's a quiz. It's a guy doing a quiz, right? Um, and, and people just start winding him up. Here we go. C9, g'day Rodney. G'day Graham, how are you going? Not too bad mate, you keeping well? Yeah, not too bad thanks. Here we go, question one. Which Australian <laughs> gymnast won Commonwealth Games gold in 1990 and again in 1994 for his performance on the pommel horse? Oh, it's a tough one. Which um, Australian gymnast won Commonwealth Games gold in 1990 and again in 94 for his performance on the pommel horse? Okay, I think it's India. Not India, mate. Oh, by the way, how many of you in the room tonight? Hello, Graham. Yeah, how many of you are in the room tonight? Uh, I like scat. All right, mate. Okay. okay. What? What? The, this guy. These people are obviously phoning on a regular basis, and they just say India, right? And what the presenter does wrong is he's doing a Matthew right. He's getting he's getting angry, and he's getting annoyed, and that as a listener is exciting. That's, that that is that is exciting, and to think that you could have an influence on what goes out on the radio just by saying five letters, one word. Okay, you go away and play with your little boys and toys, okay? Um, your, your mates, I mean, who ring up. Let's hope we're not going to have a night of that. Hello, Lincoln. G'day, mate. How are you? Not too bad. You'll have a sensible answer, won't you? Absolutely, mate. Step in the dark, India. No, I didn't think you were that dumb. I didn't think you were that dumb, Lincoln. He asked for that by yeah. saying, let's hope we're not going to have a night of this. That, that is the cue. What that's saying is, could you all phone up and say India to me, please? <laughs> Thinking that uh, clearly I was wrong. Hello, Thomas. G'day, Graham. Yeah, mate. Got these bloody idiots calling up again. And, but you'll have the answer. What do you think I it might be? Um, India. Yeah. Thomas, it's, oh. be- it's bedtime now. Off you go, OK? Off you go. Thirteen, twelve, sixty-nine. Hello there, Marcus. Yes, good evening. Yes, mate. Yes, <laughs> have you got an answer for us? India. Yeah, Marcus, <laughs> grow up. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, grow up. Good on you. Oh, boys, it going to be one of those nights. Yes, mate. Robert, good evening. 
Hello, Graham. How are you? Not too. What's great? What everyone, this is the, the trick as well. What everyone does is everyone is so charming and so chatty. And he resets himself on every call. Every call. He goes from the anger. Hello, uh, Steve. I, well, well, here, here's your evening going. Yeah, it's going fine, mate. Really enjoying the show. Sorry about those idiots calling in. Yeah, the, um, the expression of sympathy. <laughs> the, the best one is the, is the woman that's coming up. Oh, that's coming up. Too bad, mate. Sorry, after all that nonsense, could you put, repeat the question? Yeah, please? the question is, mate, which Australian gymnast <laughs> won Commonwealth Games gold in 1990 and again in 1994 for his performance on the pommel horse? Oh, I just get my megaphone. There we are. <laughs> it wasn't even clever, mate. Not even clever. Funny, though. Let's hope we get uh, somebody oh. of sense in amongst us. Hello, David. Hello, how are you, Graham? Good, mate. Um, I think the answer is Brennan. Okay. Julie, thank you. 13, 12, 69, the number. Hello there, Steve. Steve. G'day, Graham. Yeah. Um, I don't know, mate. Alrighty, thank you, Copper. 13, 12, 69, the number. Hi there, Noel. No, Noel didn't know. Uh, let's get a Warren. Hello there, Warren. Yes, hello, Graham. Uh, you might know me. I was on uh, Millionaire this year. You well, might... we might know, mate. All, all we need is the answer to this. Which singer oh. sang this year's Commonwealth Games theme, Shine? Well, that, that would be India. Certainly didn't get on Millionaire. Certainly didn't win. Hello, Eve. Hi, Graham. Now, this is brilliant, right? Because it's blokes that do this. It's always blokes that do this, right? Because women are far too intelligent. They're far, they've got much more important things to do also, than phone up and prank a bloke. You hear some poor old blokes struggling. Yeah. Women have got more yeah. empathy, haven't yeah. they? They're yeah. not going to do that. This woman's brilliant because she realises she's doing something a little bit naughty and she really enjoys this. And he is... You listen to the disappointment in this guy's voice when he realises that one of one of his sisters has let him down. Yes, who do you think it was? Uh, India. Eve, d- d- <laughs> don't don't fall for their silly games, okay? <laughs> you, you're much too nice to fall for their silly games. Nolene, hello. Hello. Yes. Um. <laughs> If you're going to give yourself away by laughing, <laughs> please don't waste our times, our time, okay? And no one thinks you're clever. Hello, Rodney. G'day, Graham. How are you going? Good, mate. Um, I reckon it's, uh, it's Shannon uh, India. <laughs> Gee, they're not going to get their tape this time, are they? Hello, Mary. Hello, Graham. Yes. India. <laughs> it's bedtime. Thirteen, twelve, sixty-nine. Hello there, Pam. Hey, that's uh, Cam. Cam, sorry, Cam. India. <laughs> Straight in. Well, then, Pam. Uh, sounded like a young lady to me. <laughs> Jeremy, hello. G'day, Graham. What do you know? You, you just give me the answer, and I'll, I'll know everything. Believe it or not, it's India. <laughs> and please, no more. Uh, hello, Betty. Hello, Graham. How are you tonight? Good, thanks. That's good. Shannon Knowles. It is Shannon oh. Knowles. So you're, you're a clever one. She- then I think this is a, this is another night. I think it goes on to another night. Lois, good evening. Hi, Gray. How are you? Not too bad. Yourself? Good. That's good. You had a good weekend. I did. It was great. How was yours? Oh, it wasn't too bad at all. Went along and watched the Borotars. It was a good night. It was a good night. Excellent. It was a good night. What was the highlight of yours? Oh, well, I went out with friends for dinner and, yeah, that sort of thing. Nothing too exciting. I'm nosy, aren't I? You are a bit nosy, Graham. Here we go. Question one. Good luck. Who is the Premier of Tasmania? Uh, 
India. Oh, Lois, I thought you'd grown out of that. <laughs> Thanks, darling. It goes on. 131269. Hello, Michael. G'day, mate. How are you? Not too bad, Cobber. The That's Premier what? of Tasmania. Premier of Tasmania? Yeah, been in the news with Beaconsfield and things like that. Oh, no, sure was the name for the union. No, but... no, not sure. Remember, we take the first answer. No. Um, hello there, George. Hello, how are you? Not too bad, mate. The Premier of Tasmania. India. No, you need, you need an education, don't you? Thirteen, twelve, sixty-nine. Ari, is it? Yeah, yeah, Ari, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. The Premier of Tasmania, any idea? First time I've ever called a radio station, but I need, an, I need the answer to this one. Yeah? Uh, yeah, India. Well, make that the last time you've had. <laughs> it goes on for so much. I love it. He's I so, love he's it. He's so easy to wind can up, we, though. Can you do me a favour? Can Go you on. try and find out who that guy is? India. See if he's still alive. Let's get him on the show. And we'll just say India and cut him off. No. <laughs> Let's see if we can get him on the show, shall we? If okay. he's still alive. I mean, it sounds like it was a while ago, and he sounded oldish then. So we, we don't know. Um, 0344 499 1000. Stephen, Jonathan, Alan, stay there. We'll come to you in a little bit, and we'll also we'll try and give someone a call in Hawaii and see how they are um, recovering after, um, well... Nearly being nuked. I'm Ian Lee. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Graham Gilbert is the gentleman. He's still alive. He's still broadcasting. Let's see if we can get him on the show later. I'm writing in the week. to him. Uh, also, guests we've got coming up tomorrow, we have got uh, Russell Mail from Sparks. Um, with exciting news that I know, but it's unbongoed until tomorrow. But I know it, and it's exciting, and he's going to come on and talk to us about that. Wednesday, we've got Jimmy Webb. Oh, man alive. Next week, they might be giants. <laughs> Wonderful. I love I love it when the, sh- the guests are just, you know, the, the, the first thing I pick out of my record collection. It really is. 03444991000 is the phone number. Good evening, Stephen. Hello there. Good evening. Good evening, Stephen. What have you got for us tonight? Well, first of all, it's great to speak to another Dylan fan. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm new in the Dylan uh, clan. It, it literally, oh, really? it, to, it's taken me the last, only in the last two weeks have I got into him. Oh, right, I don't feel so bad. I was about to say the same, but I've only been a fan for about two years. How did you, so. right, what was, what was the key? What was the, what was the song that did it for you? The song uh, it had to be Lay Lady Lay from National Skyline. Lay Lady Lay, lay across yeah, my that's bed. That's a great song. For me, it was Blind Willie McTell. Oh, yes. Uh, that's another good one. Did you see him at Wembley last year? No, no. I didn't because I wasn't into him. But I do want to see oh, him, even though he's supposed to be awful now. Um, no, I'd, I'd still say it's a pretty good gig. When is he coming over next? Because I'm going to go and see him. Oh, he's touring Europe um, in a couple of months, but he's not coming to London. Oh, I'll be so, Yes, but Chevy uh, did. Okay, right. Well, we'll get. We'll get. Uh, 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 we'll, let's get Bob Dylan on the show. Send Bob Dylan an email or a tweet. <laughs> see if he'll come on the show. There we go. Can't see that. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Go on, Stephen. What you got okay. for us? Well, I actually did pay some money for this. Oh, um, oh you went to the Chevy Chase. I did. Yeah. Oh, mate, go on. Yes. Um, well, it's for two tickets. I paid one hundred and seventy pounds for two tickets. Um, so yeah, um, we were fifth row back, so it was still pretty good seating for, for what it was. And in fairness to Mike Reed, I just don't think it was his gig. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the um, thing. Yeah, he's a you know he's a DJ, destructive all that. That's 
his profession and because I've been to a few of the producers' shows, he's put over Whoopi Goldberg and oh, wow. a couple of years ago I saw Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh wow, really? Yeah, and Mike Reed was the uh, host for the evening. Okay, but and he was great. Yeah, well, well, but it's music, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly. He'd know yeah. a lot more about that. Exactly. So that's why I was a bit, you know, confused because I think it was on. Um, Good Morning Britain on Friday when yes. they announced who was doing it. I was, I was like, really? Mike, Mike Reed? I mean, I think Jim Davidson could do a bit better job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that would have been interesting. I would have paid more money to that. That would have been something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, and I think you're right to, 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 to mention that. It, 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 it probably wasn't the right gig for Mike Reed. For Mike Reed, unfortunately. But the problem was it just didn't seem to settle at all. Um, there were sound problems, like as it's been reported, and they couldn't hear each other. Chevy actually sat down next to Mike Reed, put his arm around him, tried to, you know, rustle up a few laughs, but it just, it just didn't catch fire. When you've all. got someone like that, here's the thing, right? When I'm on stage, I like to try and get a few laughs. But when you've got yeah. someone like that, that's not my job to get laughs. My job <laughs> is to is to set it up so that he gives laughs. That that oh, you know that that is the job of the host. When you have got someone like that, is to to set stuff up. If you can if you can get if you can see a gag and you can get it, beautiful, go for it. But your job yeah. is to set it up so that the the guest tells interesting, funny, revealing stories and gets a few laughs out. And that's it. That's all you got to do. I know. I just I just couldn't believe it. Really, I mean, we were all in just. We're just shocked. <laughs> we just couldn't believe it. Are you going to try and get your money back? I, see, I would. It was an experience. I wouldn't ask for my money back, but I would gladly accept it. Mate, one hundred and sixty <laughs> quid for for, for for fifty minutes entertainment. I I don't think yeah. that's. I don't think that's right. How long was? How long were the other, other evenings that he's done? Well, the Jerry Lee Lewis that was in two halves. It was like a big variety show. It was like it was at the London Palladium. Yeah, and it was like a Sunday night at the London Palladium. So it was like a variety show. You had uh, Jerry Lee's sister was on. Okay. Uh, you had James Burton from the TCB band. Yeah, yeah. Presley's band. Yeah, he was there. Um, yeah, quite a few stars. Uh, Peter, I can't remember his name now. Um, Peter and Gordon. Oh, yeah, Peter Asher. Asher. Yeah, that's it. He was there. No, it was a really good night. And uh, Jerry Lee was amazing. It was his 80th birthday. And he came over to do one gig in London. Wow. And it, it was just it was superb. It was like a two-hour show. And Whoopi Goldberg was on for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, promoter, I won't name and shame because I'm not like that. No, uh, no, but... exactly. And we and, and and this, you know, we're really keen to to, to highlight the fact that this, the, you know, he he's done he's shows. done good. He's done some great shows. I remember um, the Stallone and the Schwarzenegger. Remember one of the people you saw, Roberto, went yes. to the Schwarzenegger thing, and it, by all accounts, it was superb, absolutely superb. Yeah. And it's that thing I think of, it's just of the meeting. Law of well, it's that thing of you you get you get to meet. Actual Hollywood legend that you could exactly. pay a few quid for it, but because you you're know. never going to do it again. No, of course not, and no. it's a real treat. And it's just a shame that it, it sounds like the ball was dropped on this one. Yes, I think you know most people buy tickets to these things. So how often do you see these people at all? Yeah. You know, they very rarely tour the UK at all. So, and you know, I grew up on his films. I mean, I'm only twenty, but I've grown up watching Chevy Chase films. Probably not the best thing as a seven year old to watch well, some of some, his stuff. Some of them are a little bit, uh, yeah, a bit risque. But um, no, he's, he's, a, he's a legend, and it was a pleasure to watch him. It's just a shame it went down that yeah. way. Stephen, I appreciate your call, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Jonathan will come to you after this. I'm Ian Lee. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, cut them, cut the music. Hey, it's Paul Ross. Hey. Hey, it's Paul Ross. How you doing, fella? 
I had a bit of you last night. You sounded all right. You've, you've been uh, you've been practicing. <laughs> Come in in a little bit. Come in. Um, I'm just telling off one of uh, my my listeners. A Ca- new one as well. Callers, you have to try harder because Chris Smith isn't digging it. Chris Chris Smith has tweeted me, first time listener. Love the Mike Reed stuff, but all callers say the same thing. So now it's boring. Sorry. Well, let's let's turn that around. Um, Jonathan, say something different for Chris Smith, please. I want to talk about the rainmaker Kasuchka Okada. Now, now, Chris, no one, <laughs> literally, no one has ever said those words before, let alone on this radio show this evening. So hold on to your hat, Chris. Come on, Chris, stick with us. Come on, Jonathan, this could win it round for for Chris Smith. Go on. Well, um, Kazuchika Okada is a Japanese professional wrestler. Yes. And he's had a very eventful uh, week and a half. In fact, he's probably one of the most hated men in Japan. Oh, really? And there there is a lot of hated men in Japan. (laughs) Well, first he incurred the wrath of Japanese wrestling fans by beating their hero uh, Tetsuya Naito last week. And those who weren't outraged by that were outraged by his new uh, ring attire. Yeah. Which was? Uh, he, he, he wore uh, disco trousers during his match. Well, what are disco trousers? Pardon? What are disco trousers? Um, uh, it, it was very... Uh, flares. Uh, flares. All, all, all sorts. But uh, uh, yesterday, he actually made uh, the, na- the national news in Japan because it, it, it was revealed that he's uh, currently dating a uh, Japanese anime voiceover actress. WTF! And, and the o- otaku anime fans are in absolute outrage. Right. So, so much so yes. that the actress in question has had to apologise to her fans huh. for dating him, and Okada's been getting death threats from fat, obese, uh, otaku men who, who are angry at him because he's dating their fantasy waifu. Waifu. Right. OK. Um, how long have you been into Japanese wrestling? Um... 15 years. OK. Why are we only hearing about it on every phone call you're making in the past two weeks? Because it, it's uh, the most important time of the year in Japanese wrestling. OK. That's that's great. Thanks very much, Jonathan. I hope that, that, that you got that off your chest. Now, Sandy isn't happy. We, I know why. Why? She's the one who wants you to go out with her gran. No, that's not the one that wants you yes, to go out her gran. No, yes, it not. is. Love listening, but tonight has been a buzzkill. Yep. Is it? Yeah. I don't want to go out with your flipping gran, Sandy. For crying out loud. She wants me to say something interesting. Get stuffed, Sandy. How's about that? I mean, geez, why, why would you tell me that? Why would you tell... 0344 So I found uh, my new favourite show, Ultimate Beastmaster, oh. on Netflix. It's, it is flipping good. You know American Ninja? It's like that, but better. Um, so it's... Um, uh, uh, um, basically, I've discovered... I really like watching people uh, do things on really complicated... um, uh, I nearly said interdimensional. I don't mean that. 
assault courses, right? But assault courses where you, you, you go up, you go down, you go around, things spin, you've got to jump over things, you've got to hang from things, you've got to climb, you've got to yeah. swing on things. It's I, a, I love it's a it. real-life platform game. Yeah, oh, God, it is. It's Mario. It's Mario made real. It's flipping amazing. And now the twist with Ultimate Beastmaster is there are people from uh, Americans, uh, Chinese, Indians, um, Italians, French and Spanish. Yeah. And they all compete against each other. And each there are two um, commentators from each place, and they're all in their own booth next to each other. And they're all beautiful. The men are beautiful. The women, oh my God, every one of them is just wow. Um, and what, it's what, like a it's like a selection box yeah. of gorgeousness. And two competitors from each nation go against each other each week, right? Mm-hmm. And so if if the if the Italians are doing well, the Indians will like chant fail, fall, fall, fall. So they all sort of like shout abuse at each other. And some of the, I mean, the the, the assault course. I can't. How can I describe an assault course to you? They're nuts, man. It's not like scramble nets and stuff like no, the Krypton Factor. No, no, no. It's that plus. A hundred, right? We're talking things that you can only get along with the tips of your fingers, right? Hooking yourself along ledges. Yeah. Just holding your whole body weight up with just the ends of your fingers. You can't even get your, your second knuckle over there. It's just the ends. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. And, and there uh, are men doing this with one arm. Yeah. It, it, it is the most exciting wonderful thing I've ever seen in my life. My five-year-old, he had the day of school today, so I went over there to sit with him for a bit, and we watched Ultimate Beastmaster and played Legend of Zelda. It was great. Um, but it's his birthday on Sunday, so I've said I'm going to build an Ultimate Beastmaster um, American Ninja assault course, and he wants it to go from the kitchen, uh, no, from the living room into the hallway into the kitchen, then back out, and then up the stairs. And I went, yeah, right, we can do that. So we, I'm going to build an amazing assault course. Yeah, have you got any rope? Uh, what colour? Of course, I've got no rope. Well, you, well, what do you mean? I don't know. You might have some rope in the garage or something. No, could I've used a, it all up. Could do, <clears throat> I could do with some rope. To uh, where's that woman with the bondage tape? <laughs> I could do with something, and I want something that, that, that they have to hang on to while I pull them up the stairs. Where do you get rope from? Get skipping rope. Well, I haven't got a skipping rope. Uh, the, the, there used to be a brilliant handyman shop round the corner from us, Jam Jars. Um, it wasn't called that, but we used to call it that. Um, but it shut, it shut a couple of months ago, so I can't. Have you go not got there. a B and Q? Um, I suppose so somewhere. Does no one do it themselves where you live? No, 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 God, no. We get men, we get men in that do it. Um, I want rope. I want to drag them up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, or maybe I'll do it on a duvet. I'll drag them up on a duvet. That's okay. always fun, dragging kids on yeah. a duvet. You, there needs to be some element of um, peril there. There needs to be the risk of them getting wet in some way. Oh, well, well I'll, have, um, I'll get some buckets of water and they have to somehow s- swing over the buckets. I'll, I'll work it out. It's going to be messy. We might, we might have to take a bit of it out in the garden. <laughs> I think that's probably why. It is going to... Uh, it's not my house anymore. It doesn't matter. I can make a mess of it and go. But it's going to be... Um, it, it, we, uh, uh, just, just to say that Wexham Park Hospital... Just, just have your A and E department on standby. I know guys. exactly which kid it will be as well, <laughs> <laughs> and his dad. Just, just, just. You know. And how did you do this, sir? Um, Ultimate Beast. <laughs> oh, it's a great show. Love it. 
0344-499-1000 is the um, telephone number if you want to give us a call. We've got no calls on the switchboard at the moment, which is absolutely fine. When we come back uh, from the news at midnight, we will have a um, we'll have set up. We'll get, also give Hawaii a call. We'll see if we can find somewhere in Hawaii. Uh, and also, you heard us talking to Paul Ross. Paul, Paul Ross, because everything's changed now. Everything has changed. Um, there is no breakfast show on talk radio anymore. Um, and talk radio now starts at 10 a.m. Um, and that's Mike Graham. And then at the moment from one, it's Jamie East uh, with Melanie Sykes. And then at four, it's Eamon Holmes, did the first show tonight. I listened to a bit of it as I was driving in. Effortless is the yeah, word. Yeah, so good. Effortless. He just make, he makes it sound easy, you know. And it, uh, well, it, it kind of is, but he makes it sound easy. That's the trick. Um, there's James Well, Then it's us. And then after us at one o'clock, there's no... Um, simulcast with those goons over at Talk Sport. We don't flick the switch and hand you over to the boy latch or any of that nonsense. No. No. You've got flipping Paul Ross. He th- reads books. <laughs> he he gets he sometimes gets his uh, name on the front of DVD covers. Yeah. Um, Paul Ross is on between one and four. Uh, we'll get him in in a bit because I heard a bit of it last night because I fell asleep listening to Howard Hughes. This is a great way to listen to late night radio. Listen, I was going to watch a film and in the end I listened to Bob Mills because they had Helen Leather on. Then I fell asleep listening to um, to Howard Hughes, and then I woke up and it was Paul Ross, and I listened to a bit of that, and then I fell asleep again, and it was it was wonderful. And I tell you why, um, because I, I I think late night and through the night radio, I think is so important. I think it's so important. It's, listen, we ain't going to get the biggest listener figures by any stretch of the imagination, and, and that's sort of not what it's about. Um, Late-night radio and through-the-night radio is um, it is for the lost, it's for the lonely, it's for the bewildered, it's for the night shift workers, it's for the drivers, it's for the um, um, single mums and single dads, it's for the people with newborns, it's for people who are insomniacs, it's for people who got cancer. and it's for, it's, it's for people on the fringes of society. Um, and you never feel more like you're on the fringe than at half past two, three o'clock in the morning. You know, there is no lonelier time. I think they've scientifically proven the loneliest time in the day is 3.30 in the morning. It's when most suicides happen. There's a jolly thought for you. So to have um, an engagement... Is it pre-recorded news? I've got a little bit of leeway, right. Um, so to have um, a, 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 a host who's on between one and four, who is intelligent, who is sharp, who has lived... Paul Ross has lived many, many lives um, and he's read books and has seen films and can talk the hind legs off of a million donkeys. I think it's so important and I think it's so exciting. And I saw a few people sniping on, on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, it's he's, he's a demotion. Well, you could you could see going from breakfast to that as a demotion. I don't at all. I Genuinely, I don't. There are no bad shifts on a radio station certainly not on a national radio station it's what you do with it and i am uh, i am genuinely thrilled the only thing we've got to listen to when we drive home right these are the options we have um six music sometimes play out good documentaries like old documentaries at one o'clock but i've heard all the ones yeah. they're repeating themselves now four extra likewise four extra at half past four or half past one but i likewise have heard those the only thing coming close is Dotton on on BBC London, who I like. I think he's I think he's a good bloke, and he's, he's, he's it's it, it's a decent listen. It can also be a little bit dry. Yeah, I tend to flick between him and LBC. Yeah. LBC more. I can't listen just to LBC. A, you know, that. like sometimes you can't resist picking a scab. I can't listen to LBC through the night. Uh, no disrespect, but I just it's it's, it's just wallpaper. Um, and so I'm genuinely I'm excited that we got Paul Ross doing a show um, between one and four. It's, it's the only shift. 
I've never done, and I'd love to have a crack at it at some point. In fact, maybe we'll, talk, Paul, maybe we'll swap for a week. I don't know. I, I've never done it. I'd love to have a crack at it because I, I, I think you could do a lot with it. Um, anyway, what I'm saying is he's on at one o'clock. We'll get him in at some point in the next hour as well because I want to pick his brains and find out what also, he's up to. Also, we all know this is the best part of the day. Oh, yeah, exactly, man, exactly. So if you'd normally switch off at one o'clock because it gets all a bit shouty, shouty, sporty, sporty, um, just, just stick around for another 20 minutes, half an hour and, and see if you like it because I've, just, I've just got a feeling that it, will, you know, it, it won't be such a jarring contrast. Anyway, I'm banging on too much. 0344 499 I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. My mouse is my mouse is frozen. What's going on here? I mean, my computer's ju- just about to play. Oh, what's flipping happened here? Why's it? Why's it done that for? Oh blimey, that's annoying, isn't it? It's just about to play. I'm going to switch it off now. I've got to switch it off. There we go. Switching it back on again. Oh, flipping that. Eh? Smooth, huh? Smooth, isn't it? Hey, uh, well, listen, we've missed that moment now. That moment's gone. Let's go to Gavin. Good evening, Gavin. Hello, Ian. How are you, man? I'm good, thank you, Gavin. What have you got for us tonight? Out of my box of tricks for you tonight, I have yes. a question. Yeah, well, let's have it. What do you think, if there are any, are the similarities between tarot cards and a Ouija board? Um, they're both used by hippy-dippy idiots <laughs> yeah. who think that they possess some mystical powers when really they're just cards and a bit of wood. Yeah, do you dig that they were sort of both created in the sort of the turn of the century and have no the same with runes? They have no sort of background as such in in that kind of thing. Well, I don't, I don't know when they were created. You, you, if you tell me that's when they were created, yeah, then... tarot cards were created by a member of the French court in eighteen something or the other, and the Ouija board was about nineteen thirty, and runes probably about nineteen forties ish. Well, then, but, well, but that doesn't, well, hang on a minute, just just because they were created recently, comparatively recently, doesn't mean that they um, have any less magical insight than something that's much older. Yeah, I, I kind of dig that, but instead of selling the whole Ouija board and tarot idea, wouldn't it be just as effective to just draw a square in some sand and say... We can contact the dead through this or whatever. Cause well, you can make your own. Thing. You can make your own Ouija board. But why not? Why do you bother with a Ouija board? Just draw well, a draw a. I don't know. Draw a picture of Scooby Doo on a piece of paper. Well, how is Scooby? We well, the, 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 how is Scooby Doo? How is having a picture of Scooby Doo on a piece of paper going to spell out the messages from the dead? Well, it's the same. It's the same relevance as you. Well, no, the it's Ouija not because no, it's, it's the Ouija board. Um, and the planchette, the uh, uh, the piece that is used as the pointer, yeah. um, it, it points to the letters. So there is there is significance in the, in having the letters on the board. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right, then just have a piece of paper and just write down A to um, Z. Well, you can yeah, you can do that. But why do people go? Oh, don't don't mess with the Ouija. But like you. You say, and I agree with you. You could do it any way you want to. Well, now, no, hang on a second, because now I'm in, uh, now I'm enjoying arguing the case for the the, the Ouija board. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight against it, so I'm gonna get okay. into my anti Ouija position. Well, now now I'm uh, but now I'm I'm positioning myself, and I'm beginning to see the benefits of the of the Ouija board. Yeah, but 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 when they say don't mess around with the Ouija board, they mean the technology 
that is that you know is I've got a bit of paper here, and if yeah. I were to write you know like in a sort of circular form or in rows the yeah. alphabet, and then yes on one side and no on yeah. the other side, and then you know get a, a glass or something and put my feet. I have bi- I have built a Ouija board. So why don't people say what? don't do that? They say don't use the Ouija. Well, because it's it's a it's a because it's called a Ouija board. But why don't they just say don't? Summon spirits. Well, but no, but no, you're, 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 no, arguing, you're arguing. You're arguing. You're arguing a different thing each time you open your mouth. No, what I'm saying Ian, is people seem to associate the Ouija board with the only way of doing that. Well, with the only way of doing what? Of speaking to the the um, what well, do you want to call? Well, them? no, I suspect that I suspect the people that say don't use the Ouija board would also say don't have a séance. I think that that's different because what? there's a spiritualist church who have seances and they're all into that caper, yes. but they don't go along the same lines as people that use the Ouija. Well, the, but the people who don't like the Ouija board would say that the spiritual church are doing the same thing in that they are inviting um, spirits so, who may potentially be malevolent um, into so the physical that, world. That they both fall under the same classification, a spiritualist church and the Ouija board. I'm saying that some people could p- certainly make that connection. Yes. Right. So how are you going to how are you going to defend this this Ouija board argument then of yours? W- w- what do you mean? How am I going to defend you said it? You were going to stand up for the Ouija board. Well, you, you haven't done you you haven't argued against it. Yeah, I think it's just a misnomer that everyone's on the bandwagon against the Ouija board and not the spiritual practices in general. But you're... uh, Gavin, what you need to do, right, take a step back, because you've got good intentions, Okay. Okay, But you you, you are... Every time you open your mouth, something different is coming out. Okay. So just... I want you to just... Don't say anything for 20 seconds. I just want you to focus your... The points. I've got no idea what your point is. So just hone that point down... Into to one sentence. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Really, just focus on it. And then when you're ready in your own time, give me your best shot. Why do people have issues that they choose to lay upon... The brand Ouija board that they don't associate with any other aspects of spirituality. God, that was all over the place. Um, your your, your, oh, man, your, your premise your premise is flawed because um, what, what, I don't know why you're you're using the word brand because uh, it is a brand. Okay, but so so okay, so this is this is another thing you're throwing into the conversation that is completely different from anything else. Okay, right, and uh, who owns the brand? I don't know. It's the same way that heroin's a brand. No, no, no. I can tell you who owns the brand. OK, go on then. Waddington's. Really? Yeah. Far out, then. Yeah. The toy manufacturer, Waddington's, owns the brand Ouija. Right, OK. So give me your point again. Give me, give me, give me the basis of your argument again. You're, you're, you're concerned that some people don't like the Ouija board, but apparently they're OK with spiritualist churches. Are you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think fundamentally that right. about. I think it, yeah. I, I think that the the, the 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 majority of people who are anti Ouija would also be anti spiritualist. They would see it as the same. They would see it as 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 two uh, slightly different ways of doing the same thing. I would I would disagree. Well, you're wrong. The, the spiritualist 
you're members wrong. are also against the Ouija. OK, well, that's... If we, we, now we're breaking it down into a Venn diagram. The, the spiritualist members are a tiny part of this Venn diagram. The bigger part of the Venn diagram is people who are against uh, Ouija boards, uh, would also be against contacting the dead in any form whatsoever. Yeah, I'll take that, yeah. I'll take that. Okay, thanks very much for calling. Excuse I him. don't know what I don't know what I don't know what that was. I came halfway through that, but I still think I have as much of an idea of what that I, conversation was as you do. I came halfway through that, but that was just a, a fortunate <laughs> coincidence. Uh, I don't know what that was about. Um, why don't we pronounce it? About ten it, minutes, we'll never get back. Why don't we pronounce it? We are, yeah, we are, because that's what it is. Yes, 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 yes. The yes, yes board, mm. owned by Waddingtons, who released it, uh, keep releasing it as toys. I think if you go onto Amazon. And type it in, it'll come up under toys. Yeah. I had a Waddington's We Are board. My mum was one of those people who said you shouldn't mess with it because she'd done it as a child and they'd summoned up the uh, Munich air disaster Manchester United side, apparently. Um, it's a load of old rubbish. Uh, I, I, you know, it's a load of old rubbish. It doesn't work. It's nothing, you know. But but um, I, enjoyed the, I enjoyed the argument, kind of. Evening, David. Hi there, Ian. Hello, David. What you got for us? Well, basically, I wanted to call him. I was nervous, but my partner, Stacey, said I might as well because uh, the question I've got is quite interesting. Oh, yeah, no, go on. I saw this tweet. Go on, I like this. <laughs> yeah, um, so basically, there's a theory going around that's you know, gaining traction with uh, physicists and mathematicians, bringing them all together, yep. uh, that, that we live in a simulated reality. Just yep. wondering what your opinion of that is. Um, uh, I have uh, read that. Isn't, um, who's the, um, the SpaceX guy? What's oh, uh, I can't think of his name. Musk, Elon Musk, Elon Musk. You mean, yeah, Elon Musk. I, I, I remember um, watching a, a talk he did about, about yeah. it. Yeah, Elon Musk has um, has. I think hasn't he offered like a, a million or a billion dollars or something to um, anyone that can prove that we are living in a simulation? Is it anyone who can prove it, or anyone who can prove that we're not living in a simulation? Well, it, we, I, mean, I guess it's the same head, thing. Heads or tails, yeah. Um, so. Um, now, what what does that mean that we're living in a simulation? Does that mean that um, that that my, I am a sentient being that is plugged into a computer, um, uh, or, or are you, are you the sentient being plugged into a computer and everyone else is a simulation, or are we all sentient beings plugged into a computer and we're living in a pod and this studio and this microphone and and and, and the, the, the cameras and all of that stuff that that's all made up by by a computer? No, no, no. Basically, you have to take the matrix and then forget about it. Right. And and what that that SpaceX guy um, was saying, yes, it was all to do with probabil- probability, which is the reason why mathematicians have started to agree. Yeah. And basically, what they're saying is, if you take it, say for instance, there's a, um, you got a naturally created universe and then naturally created humans. Yes. And then they eventually get to the, the situation where they can invent quantum computing. Yes. Which eventually creates pretty much infinite computing uh, power, so they can create simulation a simulation of a world. Maybe maybe they do it so they can you know see how history is and do little tests and stuff. And then eventually, within that simulated reality, they would eventually get to the point of quantum computers, and then they would make another simulated reality, which would mean eventually that would happen infinitely. So what they're saying: what's the probability of us being the very first natural humans, as in real humans? Yeah. Or an infinite amount of simulated humans. Now, the probability mean basically means that we must be. The chances is we're going to be one of the simulated ones. For us to be the original, 
is, you know, one as opposed to infinite is improbable. That's what he was saying. Um, okay, so we are, but 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 what? Okay, but what does the simulation mean? Does that mean that I don't exist? No, I mean it's all it's all relative. So uh, it, you, you've got to imagine that this this, this quantum computer would have to get to a, um, a point where it can compute everything. So every everybody in it, everything in it would be artificial. But if we're an artificial rea- artificial intelligence within an artificial reality, we wouldn't know the difference. Everything would be exactly the same. It would be flawless because because we're going to get to a point where the the quantum computer is mimicking reality perfectly. What for, though? Sorry. What for? What for? Why? Well, well, Why? well, well. Right now, scientists. Well, we've done it for years. People do simulations of everything because they they, they want to know why life does this. They want to know why oceans. Don't do a hoity-toity face. He's right. You say, of course you do. Well, of course, you it... don't know. Are you nuts? Everyone's doing simulations on computers. Every scientists. You never played a flight simulator. Yeah. Well, everyone's doing it. All right, fair enough. This Sorry. Is basic, this is basic. Basic life. Sorry, I'm struggling with this because I've, I've, I'm feeling really, really bloated at the moment. I think I've got a big fart in me. Oh, God. I'm, I'm sorry, David. If it stays in no. you, then that's all right. I'm I don't sorry. want to be chewing on it. No, just struggling it's, a little bit. It's all right, though, because it'll be a simulated fart. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the simulation is too realistic. <laughs> um, but, but then who, who would be running a simulation of me? Some weird. Yeah, it does make a, a you, horny, it does make a you horny think, person. Huh? It does make you think, like the implications of like, like God could be the original creator, but the programmer. Yeah, yeah, the programmer kind of thing. But, but if if we if we possibly could be a simulated reality within infinite amount of simulated realities, then it's kind of gone out of control, isn't it? So he needs to be fired. Or 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 <laughs> imagine if he just switched it off. Yeah, that, that, I did think about that. But then what we, if it's some, like, 14-year-old in his bedroom? Here's the thing. Well, <laughs> yeah. that'll explain a lot, uh, why it's so sticky. It, <laughs> here's the thing, right. Uh, if he switched it off, we would never die. And I've I got to get my head around this, right. You know that film, David, where it's um, Jake Gyllenhaal mm. and... He um, gets to. He's on a train. Have you seen this? Yeah. Source code. Yeah. And he gets to. He keeps getting sent back. There's a bomb on the train, and the bomb keeps going off. And he keeps getting sent back 15 minutes before the bomb goes off. Right. And he can't work out. And and there are people talking to him in his head. um, And it it turns out that he was on that train, and he's blown. In real life, he's blown up, and his body is like it's just like an an arm and and a bit of torso and a brain, and they're kind of in his head. Right. And um, they work out that if they switch off the life support machine that is keeping him alive, everything will slow down. I'm explaining this so badly because it's so complicated. The the, the moment the plug is pulled, everything in his brain slows down so much. It's like that thing of um, going into... I'm now using a thing to illustrate a thing to illustrate a thing. If you go into a black hole, right, you get sucked into a black hole, Catherine. You get sucked into a black hole, boom, you get get sucked into it instantly. If I'm watching you get sucked into a black hole, I never see you go into the black hole because you're moving so slowly. Do you understand? Yes. That's that's, um, the theory of relativity. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Einstein. Have I got that right, David? 
Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you see? <laughs> now we're playing with the big boys, huh? Now <laughs> we're playing with the big boys. And it's the same. The theory of relativity is the same for Jake Gyllenhaal in Source Code. If they switch off the life support machine, he's sentient inside his brain, living in a world. Um, and to, to the outside world, boom. So, so it's reversed slightly. So the outside world, he dies instantly. But in his head, he carries on living because that last moment goes on forever. Right. Am, I, am I close, David? Uh, yeah, I think it's close. I mean, it's left ambiguous because you, you can either take it two ways. You can say that they, they say like one, maybe he's moved into an alternate reality yep. and he carries on living through that, that other guy's that is in the body that is in his life. Yep. Or you can take it from the point of view that, you know, he's, it's within his head, it's his imagination or it's just his, you know, coping mechanism for dying kind of thing. By the way, so, my um, the bloke who cut my hair today, Murray, is listening now. Hello, Murray. Murray, huh? Is this is this what you expected it to be like when I came in and talked about pigs' vaginas today? We're talking about um, we're all a, a, a what, what are we talking about? They were all a simulation. That's it. That's it. Theoretical physics. Theoretical physics is exactly what we're talking about. Um, David, you've blown my mind, but I've loved it. Call in again, won't you? Yeah, we'll do. Definitely. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Did we miss the? Did we miss that last break? The quarter past break. We've missed it. We have we done it? We have we done it? We haven't done it. All right, fine. Well, this is all over the shop. I'm embarrassed because my uh, my uh, barber. I won't. I won't grace him by calling him a hairdresser. It's one it's of these. A lovely job. He's done a very good job actually. It's the first time. Giving the material. One of those um, trendy salons where very sweary in there. Um, beer is being drunk. Pro- pro- drugs are probably being taken somewhere. No birds. No birds in there. No. Um, uh, and today they were playing some, some classic um, Marvin Gaye, I oh. noticed, and some Smokey Robinson and some Frankie Valley. But normally it's like music with F U, get my D up your C. Wow. U M F, U W, U T, U B, all of that stuff. U T? Twat. You twatty shit, I'm going to get my dick up your. Okay. It's all of that stuff. Wow. It, I mean, really offensive, but it makes me feel so alive to be in there. Whereas me... in the in the ladies' version of that place, yes. it's all mellow mood, isn't it? It's all pan pipes <laughs> and head massages. Um, and do you know? Do you know Murray's right? This is that place where I pay two hundred quid yeah. a year, and I can go in and get as many cuts as I, I want. Bet they didn't realise you were going to rinse no, exactly. it out quite as much. Exactly. As you have. And I'm coming up for a renewal soon, and I bet they're going to move. Do you know? <laughs> do you know what other? Um, Radio presenter gets their haircut there. Um, I'll give you a clue. Boyzone once changed the lyrics to their song of "Baby, Can I Hold You Tonight" uh, to "Foxy, Can I Hold You Tonight." Samantha Fox. Doctor Fox. Foxy gets his haircut there. Oh, don't say it's okay. It's a good, it's good, good presenter, Foxy. I like Foxy. He, no, 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 no. He was not found guilty of anything. He was found innocent, in fact. So right. uh, every man, every man um, deserves uh, a second chance. And a know. haircut. Yeah, and a, and a decent haircut. And that is exactly what Murray is promising. Oh, three, what a load of old rubbish. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We're not allowed to talk about the ads, but... That bass on the Trade Boys adverts. Oh, man, alive. That's a great bass. It's a lovely bass. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Let's go. We've got loads of calls tonight. Let's go to Rich. Good evening, Rich. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Rich. 
How are you, my friend? I'm a bit bloated this evening. How are you, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was disturbed, though. I'm just like, I can, I'm, I've got this picture of you just like kind of, like almost going supernova. Yeah, yeah. Is there a sex party in the background? Yeah, yeah, there absolutely is, of course. Wow, Des- describe what's going on. Um, um, Sheila, who you've actually talked to before on the yes, show, and, yes. and, and me, um, she's, uh, I'm not quite sure what she's doing, I can't quite see. Right. It's like, um, it's like, it's like, it's like some kind of, okay. some kind of, kind of mystical thing going on there. Wowzers, but it's, it's rude and sexy. Yeah, of course it is. Oh, beautiful! beautiful. Monday night! We're, we're Monday beautiful. night sex party! <laughs> 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 you dirty, dirty dogs. <laughs> Thank you very much. You dirty dogs. What you got for us, Rich? Well, um, okay, my flatmate Sheila. Yes. Um, she's, um, kind of a little bit kind of unhappy about it. Is it uh, apparently, today is Blue Monday. Apparently so, yes. And Blue Monday is like the worst day that's ever existed in every year. I don't know if it's the same day every year or they just randomly... It's on a Monday every year. Of course, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, Of course it would be. Um, Yes. But she's been Uh, having some really interesting and odd dreams. Oh. And and I know, apparently, she told me, don't say to Ian about dreams, because James O'Brien once said... Dogs and dreams. Yes. You can never mention dogs and dreams because they're the most boring subjects ever. Other people's dreams are really boring. Martin yeah, Luther King, are. for example. I'm joking. Oh, no, I'm that was jo- a good dream. Um, I know, but Beautiful still, keep, keep it to yourself, buddy. Um, but other people's <laughs> dreams are dull. Okay, can, can, I, can I just throw one at you? Just to I tell, All right, let, let's put the theory to the test, right? Let's hear Sheila's dream. And we yeah. will determine whether other people's dreams are dull or not, based entirely on this dream we're about to hear from Sheila. Oh wow, that that that's oh wow, okay, oh, wow. okay. So Sheila looks after dogs, right? And she loves dogs. Does, and does she a... look after dogs, or is this a, in the dream she looks after dogs? No, no, no. In reality, okay. She looks Tell after us when dogs. we cross over into the dream state. Okay, so oh, she's getting upset now. Um, but it doesn't matter. Um, so so Sheila looks after dogs in real life. So she has dreams about. Bad things happening to dogs. Yes. And in this particular dream that she um, uh, kind of told me about this morning, in this dream, the dogs that she has turned into little kind of like, um, almost like Pokemon dogs. Yep, Pokemon dogs, yeah, of course. And they were eaten by a huge great snake. And and Mm. then the snake exploded. Oh, God. And the dogs exploded too, but they came out in kind of pixelated form. Okay. Like eight bit Legend of Zelda because I'm yep. not even mentioning, which is the best game ever, by the way. Yep. All the Legends of Zelda. Well, the, the Elite on the BBC was the best game ever. But let's not let's not ooh. get involved in that. Ooh, yes. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I could have gone to that then. Yes. Um, but yes. Yeah, so mm. basically, she yeah. that's her, that that that's her dream. Dogs exploded. The right. owners were coming. They were on the phone to her, ringing them yes. millions of times, going, "Oh, where's my dogs? Where's my dogs? They're little." Yes. Small, tiny, cute right. little animals. Well, you've you've, you've proven you've proven the hypothesis mm. that other people's dreams are dull. <laughs> but um, here's the question we need to ask about Sheila. Is that her name? Yes. Yes. Why is yes. why is she obsessed with penises? Um, I don't know. Can I ask her? Yeah, please do. Sheila. Oh, she's just heard it. Um, <laughs> why are you obsessed with penises? Peni. Peni. Oh, oh she, she has no answer for that. She's, she's looking really, like, flabbergasted. Can I put you on to Sheila? Please do. Please do. 
Sheila? 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 Hey, Sheila? Hey, Sheila, what's with the penis fixation? Huh? Hello? Uh? What's with the penis fixation? Uh? The... Oh, I don't understand that. What are you talking about? The, the, if a snake... Yes? ...explodes... <laughs> ...in a dream... ...it don't take Freud himself to work out what that snake no, is. No, I don't like this. What I wanted to ask you, Ian, and I didn't <laughs> laugh this, last time I phoned up. Yes. Because I phoned you just after you came out of the jungle, but I didn't want to no. make that a big deal. No. But I loved it. Unlike the people in you know the what? curry house last night who wouldn't leave me alone to the point where I had to get up early and leave. Oh. It doesn't matter. Richard and I loved it, and we watched you so much. Yes. We cried through lots of it. Oh. Because really adored it. Right. Um... But yes. what I wanted to ask about you, yes. I know you used to be a vegetarian. Yes, I did. Yes. How did you find eating all them things? Well, I've been eating meat for about four or five years now, about four years. Right. Um, so do you feel that it doesn't matter what it is that no, you eat? No, don't, don't, don't feel... care. Don't, it doesn't, ma- yeah. doesn't matter at all what it is. Um, uh, I will put it in my my mouth and I will chew on it. But Similar yeah, to what I'm getting thing. from is you, if, it, I, if I've interpreted it? this dream properly. Huh? Huh? Hmm. Which dream? So, um... Oh, about the dogs, yeah. Yeah, and the snake. Oh, it was awful. The they snake turned is... into Tamagotchis, oh, and then the snake ate them. Yeah, but you know what the snake is? No. But the snake is, The snake represents a penis. That's terrible. It's your dream. I'm going to put you back to Richard now because that's offensive. Oh, oh, oh. oh I don't know what actually happened there. <laughs> I interpreted a dream. I interpreted a dream. Do you think she thought you were offensive at all? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds quite She's... offended. What? I, I... I don't want to talk about challenged... OK, Sheila wants to say that all, all we've done all day is watch rubbish owed programmes on yes. Challenge TV. OK. Like, um... And, and drink? Yes, because we don't work on Mondays. We have a slightly, um... Well, do you work Tuesdays? Um, yeah. Well, we'll go to bed then! <laughs> no, 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 because cause I, 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 I work for myself. I'm an artist, so... <laughs> We could do it once. In fact, the drunker the better in that line of work, right? Well, go, go. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if you see my paintings, you'd absolutely 100% believe that. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cut you off now, and I suggest you both go to therapy. Yeah, yeah, we've been there before. Okay. What a strange couple. 03444991000. This is Talk Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Evening, Sandy. Hello. Hello, Sandy. What you got for us? Um, loads of people have been telling me to ring up and ask why you blocked me on Twitter. Oh, because you were being a pain in the ass. No, I wasn't. I was just voicing my opinion because yeah, but I thought it was rude. I want? thought it was rude, so I blocked you. I've made I've made a decision, right? If people, if I if I see stuff that I don't like, right, I'm just I'm just going to block it. 
Because why? Think it was rude, though. Well, well, I I did think it was rude. I said to think it was like constructive criticism. No, it wasn't. What did you say? You said it was boring or something, didn't you? No, yeah, I said it was a buzzkill because everyone was talking about the same thing. No, you, you said it was. You said it was. It was. It was boring. So I, I blocked you. Why would I want that? Why would I want to see that while I'm in the middle of doing a live show? Because wouldn't you want to know what people think about your show? I would no, not really, not like that. No, surprisingly, someone saying this is a buzzkill. It's not constructive criticism. It's criticism. It's constructive, though. No, no, where is, no, no, no. Where is the constructive part in this is a buzzkill? No, I commented on that, and I said talk about something more interesting. Right, that's not, um, that's not constructive criticism. It's just, it's just rude. It's just rude. Oh, I don't think it is. Well, OK, well, then, uh, you know, we disagree, but it's, it's my right to, to consider it rude and, and to block it, and that's fine. <laughs> I just feel like someone who's, like, voicing their opinion, like, as a job. Thanks very much for calling. Let's go to Kevin. Good evening, Kevin. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right, thanks, Kevin. What you got for us? Right, uh, well, I didn't really watch the Jungle programme, but I always voted for you when the, the little app came up saying, vote for your favourite. I always thought, well, he's a good guy. Let's oh, vote for him. Well, thank you very much indeed, Kevin. I'm glad you did. It's appreciated. Do you think it's, it was a good experience overall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pl- really thrilled I did it. Um, and um, I'm sort of adjusting my head to what it was. But, yeah, no, I'm, 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 it, was, it was one of the most intense experiences I've ever had. Oh, well... Sounds like you got something good out of oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, I got loads good out of it. You know, I'm a hero to my boys. Um, eight-year-old kids come up to me in the street and ask for a selfie. I got paid handsomely. Um, you know, right. it, it was, there, there, was, there was loads of positive to come out of it, so I'm, I'm really pleased I did it. Right, OK, so I've got a bit of a random one for you. Yes? Do you like American football? No. Oh, oh sorry, man, were we, gonna, were we about to bond over that? I think you should like American football. Give I don't really like. I don't. Well, I've given it a chance. I watched it, and I, I just. I don't like the fact that you you can keep it keeps stopping, and I don't really like sport. If I'm honest. All oh, right. If you don't like sport, that might be fair enough. I hate people that say, "Oh, but it's too slow," and compared to football, it's just not that. But if you don't like sport, fair enough. Yeah, I don't. I don't really dig sport, to be honest. It's not. I, I so just, you've got two boys, and yeah. you don't like sport. Yeah. Yeah, what do the boys do? Um, but but I, well, but they don't like sport the same as I don't like sport. You've never kicked a ball with the boys. Well, yeah, but that's not sport. Yeah, but they're going to want to play sport. But why? why well, no, hang on. What if they don't want to play sport? Well, my problem is I've got two girls. Right. And I really encourage them to play sport, and they're not interested. Well, maybe they're not interested in sport, not because they're girls, but because they're just not interested in sport. Because girls can be interested in sport, and boys cannot be interested in sport. They're both valid positions. Here's something that will blow your mind. I didn't like football. My sister did. We're both women. No, but not just, like, football. You know, anything. Would you mean... if If I'm honest... My, my concern with the girls is that why, why don't you like any sport? That's your concern with the girls. Well, I love my I love my girls, but why why are they can going straight to the uh, sort of like uh, you know things that you, you would associate with girls like My Little Pony and 
really annoys me there because I've gone straight to that and I've tried so hard to say, well, you know, maybe they like my maybe they like my little pony. What's how how, how old are your girls? Uh, two and four. Oh, hey, <laughs> flip it, there, buddy. Come on, come on, man. Give give them a let, let them breathe a little bit. Here's another thing about no. girls. The more you force them to do something, the less likely they are to be into it. I'm not. You're taking me the wrong way. I'm just I'm, I'm just trying to say, isn't it... Do you not find that, that, that they go a bit towards the stereotype when they go to school? Well, um, may, maybe they do, and, and th- that raises the question of, is that because they are somehow genetically predisposed to playing with My Little Pony and dollies, or is it the, the fact that there is... Uh, you walk into a shop and there is still an over-display of things for boys or things for girls? Or is it a third option, perhaps, that we, um, however much we try and be gender-neutral when it comes to toys for our kids, there is some inherent um, uh, prejudice and bias that we have that we somehow unknowingly hand to our children? Oh, uh, yeah, it must be true for me, yeah. Cause, I mean, I've tried to be neutral. And, in fact, the other way, almost, there were trucks, you know, like trucks and football, and, and just, you know, not even registered with them at all. But, but it's all my t- little pony. And... But, my, but, 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 you know, it, enjoy that. Enjoy playing My Little Pony with them. I do, I do. I do. Well, then there you go. They're still yeah, very little. Yeah, it's, it's a bit early to be deciding what they like and don't like forever for the rest of their lives, two and four. Oh, that is true, that is true, that is true. But I do find it interesting, like, people even that have older kids say the same thing uh, that I work with, they say, yeah, completely. Like, we had My Little Pony parties for 10 years before to show an interest in football. And, Why are you obsessed with, with, with kids showing interest in football? Here's, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Football's dull. Football's dull, and it's it, and the majority of people that play it are meatheads, and the, the significant percentage of people that support it are dullards. Oh, football, come on. football isn't the be all and, and, and end all. I mean, football is football I'm is Scottish. dull. I'm Scottish. England have got a great women's football team. No, but, but but I'm not saying that football. I, I'm not. I'm being. I'm not being gender specific. Football is dull. Listen, my, my cousin used to play football for Aberdeen. It's dull. He's gone. It's that funny thing, isn't it, that, that, that football test that men do to each other? I had that so much in the jungle. What team do you support? Oh, I don't. Oh, what's what's your sport then? I don't have one. Because you know what? Sport is dull. Uh, sport is dull. And I would sometimes compromise by saying, well, I, I, I you know, I used to be a sprinter. and uh, Sport is dull. I don't like sport, right? I can watch the athletics if it's on the telly. Uh, I can watch the darts. I can watch... The, uh, but sport is dull, right? Not everyone likes sport. So why is that? I don't... I, it really pisses me off this thing that if if you don't like sport or if you're not encouraging your boys to do sport there's something wrong with you of course i my, if my boys you know they play football and i go and watch them when they're playing football at school and my eldest has just started doing rugby and i really wish he didn't play rugby because i don't like rugby i think it's a particularly obnoxious game and i think it's dangerous but they play it at the school and that's part of it and that's fine and my boy wants to do it so i shall go along and i'll support him and stuff but also if they i remember being a kid right about 10 years old, 
and getting like a football for Christmas and football boots and a football annual. And I got a football annual and I'm, I got this thing and I'm going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. It's a book about football. And I pretended to read it. So that I would try and fit in mm. with my uncles and with... I mean, my dad wasn't really into football. I'd, I'd read it to try and fit in with the men in my family. And all the time I was reading it, I was thinking, I don't, this is boring. Well, I'm doing this because I'm doing it because I know that I want other people to see me doing this so that they, I fit in. But it's just as nuts as assuming every girl's going to be mad about ballet. Well. I mean, why? People don't go up aggressively to each other and say, what was the last novel you read? Um, let's take a break. Um, do you want to go and see... I don't know what... Um, what preparation and I use that word loosely Paul Ross does for his show but if he wants to pop in and right. and just have a chat it would be nice to have a little chitty chat because okay. I've not had a face to face with Paul Ross for ages. but if he, if he doesn't want to if he can't then that's all groovy as well you know it's you know we've got plenty of calls so we're fine but if he wants to it'd be nice this is Talk Radio Late Night Conversation Wealth Losing Sleep The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio We have ways of making you talk here we go. So, talk radio has is, is, is changed and has shifted, and some of you are happy about it, and some of you are unha- unhappy about it, and some of you can go fish for all I care. <laughs> um, I really, because honestly, they're, they're winding me up tonight. They really are. Um, Don't make him angry. You wouldn't <laughs> like him angry. <laughs> um, but, but, but one of the exciting <laughs> things is, right, um, that there is no breakfast show anymore. There, there is no breakfast show. Talk radio is off the air. Um, I think between what is it between six thirty six and and ten? There's nothing going on at all. But there is a show going on between um, what? Now, what time are you on, Paul? I'm on at one o'clock. Until... Unless you decide you want to lock in you and Flipping Kath, and I'm happy to lurk around, come in later, whatever you like. Well, this is the thing because it does mean we did do this thing occasionally where if the yep. show was going well. We would we would have a lot more than occasionally did your show go well. Let's well, be honest. But, but and also if, if we could be bothered, we'd stay in, and, and sometimes we stayed a couple of hours later. But I'm you know I'm quite happy to make this this kind of handover one o'clock. I, it can be fluid. <laughs> if you want to come in earlier, if we want to go, you know, if you you want to, we we can make it work as well. But so you're on one till. F- one till five. Then James Max takes over. He's a great guy. Yeah, the yeah. Max Factor. Yeah. And then it's um, she who must be obeyed. Julia Hartless Bruiser. <laughs> And then, of course, you've got Mike Graham. But I love coming in this time because yeah. normally I'd get in about five o'clock for the breakfast show. Yeah. I'd be gone by 11. Yeah. The post has come in. Anything decent has been nicked. Yeah, that's John This Seifert, morning, I've come in and yeah. shocked a great book on the monkeys and two books on Bob Dylan. We've oh, just left on the side. <laughs> They're in my bag. I tell you what, I'm, I'm loving it. Oh, it's all gravy. Well, I'm up on the deal. You're from the old school radio and TV when you could do that, when yeah. you could run competitions and then get your mate to phone up and win the competition, and then you, you bagged all the goodies and when stuff. When I went to the dark side, LBC, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I once, we used to get five box sets in. We'd give away three. Yeah. I'd be straight down the old rear record and tape exchange, yeah, not in West London, knocking them out. Of course. And you can't... The kids always need shoes. You, you can't... You're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> do you remember there used to be... This was sort of sort of a bit before my time, but I caught the tail end of it, is um, you would, the producer would, if you had like a, you're giving away like a box set of, of DVDs and, um, or videos as they were then, and people would phone up and you, it, someone would phone up and if they go, yeah, I've got the answer, the answer uh, is 37, they go, oh, I'm sorry, no, it's not you. Next caller, yeah, I've got the answer, it's, th- no, sorry, I'm afraid you've not. Yeah, I've got the answer, it's 37. Yes, you've won. And they would pick the most excitable yep. person because they want someone bubbly on the radio. Sound grateful, for goodness sake. Yeah, exactly. All of that. So what is your... Because sh- I heard a bit of your show last night, because I fell asleep listening to Howard Hughes. 
as we all do. That's, that's some show, isn't it? He's a great man. Oh, is, but, have it, you ever heard him go full-on scouser? You know he's a Liverpudlian? No, I've never heard and him do not it. Not that he ever loses his temper, but every now and again, yeah. you'd be, and he'll go, you're yeah, a whack. And it's like Silla's brother, <laughs> reincarnated. <laughs> I mean, that's his real voice, I but love, he's a marvellous voice. I love his show, though, because yeah. I love all that. I love UFOs and all that nonsense. Yeah. You know, Conspiracy theories, we didn't oh, get to the moon. Mate, it's flipping brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? But then, so I fell asleep during that, and then I woke up and um, and I heard you, and I listened to you for about ten fifteen minutes, and then I kind of d- dozed off. Well, again. the thing is, I mean, we didn't really know for definite till Friday. We were doing it from yesterday. Oh, did you know? So it's kind of fluey. That's fine. It's taking shape. But I got, and I'm I'm the oldest man in this building. I mean, I've got underpants oh. older than flipping Kath. Yeah, yeah. So yep. I'm wearing them now. Yep. You know, I've got brogues <laughs> older than her. But yesterday, I got to say nine words I've never said in my entire journalistic broadcasting radio career. Well, it's gone because of the time difference. I said. We can now cross live to Papua New Guinea. There we go. Now you don't always get to say that. There do you? you go. I mean, that's a bonus for everybody. That was all right, wasn't it? So, what are you? What is? What are you going to do on the show? Do you well, know yet? Are you basically, just gonna... we're doing. We're, we're talking about the news and what's going to be in the news and and kind of building up to breakfast. But also, yes. you know that works. I mean, radio for people. I'm sure your listeners are very erudite and articulate and kind of literate when it comes to radio production. Well, because they've carried Kath for years <laughs> and with all respect, <laughs> and they know about the pie chart. So the top of the hour is going to be newsier. Yeah, and we can cross live to America but with the time difference. We're going to Australia today. Yeah. Once again, we're going to touch base with the Philippines because of volcanic eruptions there. But later oh, on, we're going to get, shall we say, you know, slightly kind of cheese slipping off the cracker. There we go. We hope so. Beautiful. Because on this day, yeah. I could say 80 years ago today, yeah. jazz music came of age because Benny Goodman, white yeah. clarinetist, he used yeah. to call his clarinet the licorice stick, played his first concert at Carnegie Hall. So wow. I'm going to do 10 things you never knew wow. about jazz. Including the fact it was originally called Jazz. The very first jazz it, record was yeah, Jazz, it was, wasn't it? I, and it was a livery stable blues. You're going to hear it. It was recorded in 1917 on the show. Do you know what? Because I, I don't like jazz. But I've got... I've, I, you kind of jazz on your show. Well, no, exactly. You're a jazz broadcaster. No, exactly. I think I'm going to get into it, because I've only... In the last two weeks, I've got into Dylan. After years of hating Dylan and thinking... They're not your books, though, Nick, are they? Yeah, they are. You'll give them back your tight get. But <laughs> I, after years of, of hating Dylan, but really trying, I keep going back to him, and I've cracked it. And I get it now, and I think he's brilliant. Uh, uh, the, the words, the wordplay, the, you know, just the, the... I think he's brilliant. Um, so I'm probably going to end up getting into jazz at some point. Well, Graham Marcus, the great writer who yeah. wrote Mystery Train, once said that the Beatles and Elvis gave rock and roll a sound, but Dylan gave it something to say. Mm. And while some of his stuff is pretentious... Yeah, what, yeah. The man who wrote The Ghost of Electricity howled in the bones of her face. Wow. We've all dated that girl, sister. <laughs> we? We've all woken up beside <laughs> her. The Ghost of Electricity howled in the bones of her face, these visions of Johanna. He's, he has these great lines. We were going to phone up Hawaii because I was. Um, we were just going to phone a number at random in Hawaii just to see um, how they've recovered from. Although the... they have had their fill of worrying phone calls recently, haven't no, they? No, but, but in fact, we are crossing live there to add to their misery. Also, <laughs> in our show, so everyone's on the phone to Hawaii. <laughs> but should we pho- should we get a phone number for Hawaii? You don't have to yeah. stick around, boy. If you want to go, you used to go. But Apparently, to don't call Walmart because oh. they were chucking people out. Hawaii. People thought they were going to go and shelter there amongst the uh, bargains for their should, lives. Should we phone it didn't work out that way? A McDonald's in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, they're always amenable, yeah, aren't they? You two say you don't like jazz. <laughs> and you're doing this on the radio. This is like bebop come to life. Let's give, let's give these... Because um, I just... I, honestly... Are you allowed to touch the buttons, then? Oh, mate, honestly... Oh, I, I you could, can do what you want. Well, There's no one we, watching. You, we used to have faders here, Paul, until some git poured a drink in it. There we go. Can you believe that? But don't that? you love the way they don't match anymore? No. All the money. Look at those two ridiculous things they've got there. Oh, this is awful. Look what you've done to this studio. I know. We're, we're supposed to be moving one day. I'll believe it. When... Right, so we're phoning up McDonald's in Honolulu. Um, oh, is it going to ring? 
This is the the thing. Of, uh, let's, let's just what time and... is it in Honolulu? I don't know. They're well ahead of us, I think, aren't they? Hello? Hey, here we go. Here we go. This is it. Oi, can I go take an you? Hey, man, how's it going? Yes, can I help you? Yeah, listen, we're on talk radio. We're in the UK. We're just concerned. Um, did... Thanks very much. <laughs> He might hung up. Right. It's um, ten to three there. Obviously, he's at his peak um, uh, flipping time. All right, what we want? We want to speak to gamers. Gamers are the people. Yeah, we're a video shop. There we go. Video, there we go. video game shop. There we go. This is the, the, these are my people. I speak their language. Zero zero one um, eight oh eight state. Um, I speak their language. They're, you you watch this, Paul. We'll have we'll have them. Uh... If you like gamers, you should follow my uh, nephew, Miles Ross, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Who's making his living, basically. He's in Vegas playing all the weird and wonderful games. He's done it since he was... Really? 12, 13 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flipping Check it. him out, Miles Hi. Ross. Oh, oh. Hello? Hi. Hi, is that GameStop? Hello? 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 Hello, is that GameStop? Yes. Yes, hello. My name is Ian Lee. I'm a gamer, uh, a gamer, calling um, uh, from the United Kingdom on talk radio. We're on talk radio now. I just wondered um, if you had got that horrific um, message a couple of days ago about the the missile strike, and they've hung up on me. Jesus. Gosh, I thought Hawaii was supposed to be, you know, the pleasure island. I, I must admit, when I went to Hawaii, I found it a little bit fake. There, because aloha means hello and it means goodbye. How can that work as a as a language? Well, don't they put that flower, floral thing around your neck called a lay? And there's, yeah, a, there's an old Dean Martin Yeah, I turned up there. She gave me a lay. Yeah, and then she put flowers around my neck. There we go, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Let's, uh, let's, well, this this isn't working, but let's try one more. Let's try the armchair adventurer. These these they, they, you know, just just what I'm doing, Paul is I'm cooling the audience down for... We don't want them too excited for when you come on, so just just sucking a little bit of the atmosphere out. It's working. It did. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you for calling Armchair Adventures. Keith speaking. How may I help you? Hey, Keith, how's it going, man? My name's Ian. Um, uh, I'm calling from the UK, um, and we're on talk radio at the moment. Can I talk to you for a second? Um, I'm sort of working. Have you got, like, 30 seconds? Listen, we just want to speak to someone who got that text message about the missile strike, and we just want to know what it felt like. How scary was it? Yep, you get scared. No, it was pretty scary. Did, I mean, did, did it all seem genuine to you? Well, I said this is not a drill, so it seemed pretty genuine. Yeah. Genuine, yeah. How, long, how long did it go on for before you realised that it was just a terrible mistake? Yeah, your side. About 20 minutes. And, and can I ask, what, what did you do? Did you kind of run home? Did you phone up your friends and family? Well, it happened at 8.07 a.m., so generally everybody was in bed. They were waking up. Everyone was in bed at 8.07? Wow. Or we're, we're waking up, you know, oh, okay. that sort of stuff. Um, and it, it must have been terrifying. We have a trader in It was a little scary, yeah. Wow, you, you all sound so cool. Um, but everything's back to normal, and, and Hawaii is wonderful and beautiful, and, and you're, you're, you're all relaxed, and you're all enjoying video games. Board games, but yeah. Oh, board games! Hey, man, what's the number one board game in Hawaii at the moment? 
<laughs> number one? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably scythe, I guess. Okay, not risk. That would be appropriate. No. Hey, listen, Keith, you've been a really good sport, man. Thanks for talking to us. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah thanks. Listen, thanks for talking to us. I appreciate your time. Okay. There we go. Thanks very much indeed. I think you meant to say paddle your canoe home safely. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. How could he not know what the number one board game is if he works in a board game shop? I think everybody from those phone calls on Hawaii works for the CIA. I think so. They're all like Jack Reacher. Because he said, I was a little concerned. A little concerned. You're told you're going to be obliterated for 20 minutes. I was fine. This is not a drill. Everyone there was very calm about it. They're over it, aren't they? They're totally over it. They found it in a zen place. What they should do now is just for a laugh, is they should they should bomb Hawaii, but not tell them. That would just keep them on oh, their toes, yeah. wouldn't it? You've gone dark. Oh. <laughs> I mean, seriously. This is what happens. Yeah. This is what happens. Oh, dear. It's gone very I dark. I was warned about this, Kath. Uh, yep. John, yep. you're through to um, happy, my... Happy place, happy place. Myself <laughs> and Paul. Are you going? You're no. off. You go if you can go. I've got my glasses off. <laughs> I'm in here in a minute. Look at oh, the state yeah. of the place. I know. We'll tidy it up. Don't worry. Oh, uh, John, what would you like to say? Do you want me to pretend I'm from Hawaii? And yes. We can do that again. Yeah, go on then. Okay, so, ask me the question. Hey, uh, we got John from Hawaii. John, what was it? Um, what was it like when you got that message about you all going to be nuked? It was unbelievable. I went straight out through the window, first floor, bombed it out the window, wow. uh, hit the deck, crouched down. Everyone was crouching in the street. Yeah, screaming. bombed it out it the window. Wild. That's an unfortunate <laughs> choice of words. Hey, listen, he's been through trauma, Paul. He's been through trauma. It's giving him a northern accent. They were crouching in the streets <laughs> over there in Waikiki. He's from Macclesfield, Hawaii. <laughs> Northern accent. I'm from Cheltenham. Oh, uh, we, well, you know, yeah. the, the, probably. Well, yeah, we go. This is this is what you can expect after one o'clock. Just just casual <laughs> We've racism. Dwindled into accent minutiae. <laughs> <laughs> what, John? You're the last caller of my show. What have you got for us? Well, I wanted to call about why. I wanted to know if either of you knew why books come out when they first come out in hardback only. Because it annoys me because I hate reading books hardback books. come but... out in hardback while they first come out in hardback only? That's a good question, isn't it? Well, I think initially the print run is for libraries as well, it used to be. And library books last longer if they're hardbacks, yeah. don't they? So if you, put hard... if you put paperbacks in a library, they have those horrible plastic covers on them because they get kind of destroyed quite yeah. soon. So it was initially done for that, I think. And there used to be a minimum book price so they could get more money for the author yeah. when it came out first in hardback. And then within three months, it used to be paperbacks. I know he'd know the answer. Oh, they, I'm dreadfully sorry. I'm dreadfully sorry. Does that, that answer your question, John? That's it. That's done it. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Paul. thanks very much for calling. There we go. This is what we could. This is what we could. And do. I've earned my two books on Dylan and my lovely monkeys book. <laughs> it's, that's not a book. That's a monkeys box set. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's the second oh, album. Oh. More of the monkeys uh, triple CD box set. Ooh. Yeah. The second album I ever bought with Milk Round Money, yeah. says old am, was Pisces Aquarius oh, Capricorn and Jones. What's a I bought I bought Sergeant Pepper's first on the same day, and I still love things like Star Collector. Yeah, yeah. Words is on that, and also the Sublime Pleasant Valley Sunday. Pleasant Valley Sunday. What am I doing hanging round for yeah. me? Oh, is the one. Nezuel, on that train and gone. On the train to San Antonio. I was listening to that two days ago. I, and I've album. had a really long email from Mike Nesmith today. A really long, detailed email because I'm he's 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 touring in the states. I've got this tiny. Does he fall label. out with the the one the remaining live ones every now and again? No, I I they stole his bubble house something back I in the day. I think he fell out with Davy Jones, and then once Davy Jones died, he kind of went back into the oh. monkeys. It was a bit weird. Oh. But he's doing a tour, and I'm I'm recording it. I'm releasing it on a, on my record label. Oh wow! Isn't it one of the great? Voices, though, of all yeah. time is Mickey Dolenz. Oh, man. I mean, that, that metallic tone he's got to his yeah. voice. Oh, it's, it's a wonderful white soul yeah. voice. And yeah. he's in his 70s now, yeah. and he's, he's still almost as good as when he was 20. Well, my youngest brother, Adam, was directed by him as an extra in Metal Mickey. Oh, when he was over here, that in the last 30 when seconds. When he was over here, show? directing just over the road from yeah. it, on the weekend television. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, what? Uh, on that <laughs> bombshell. <laughs> you see, this is why you Let's call my show Alternate Title. There we go, right. you see. Paul, it's, it's, I'm, it's a thrill, man. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to listening to you on the way home. Um, uh, Paul Ross is up next. You carry on calling him. 0344 499 Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Sam. We'll be back tonight at 10. Ta-ta!